1-844-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. My name is J.J. Jackson with Ryan LaVoy and Brooks Childress. So excited to be with you here on the final day of SEC Media Days. Today was Auburn Day at the main event, along with the Tennessee Volunteers and the Texas A&M Aggies. We got a chance to hear publicly from head football coach Brian Harson, heard from Tank Bigsby, as well as John Samuel Shanker and Derek Hall. And all four of those guests joined our program earlier today. Auburn has already left the building. They were the very first team to come and go this morning, and we were able to catch up with all of those folks. Folks on the program. We'll also chat with SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey. We'll chat with Michael Thompson Jr., the Vice President of ESPN Programming for the SEC Network. Roger McCreary was here on behalf of Bush's Baked Beans. Andy Burcham, the voice of the Auburn Tigers, stopped by. And man, it's just going to be an outstanding edition of Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. JJ, Ryan, and Brooks here at SEC Media Days. How are we? I'm doing great. Uh, like you said, Auburn Day. Also, still, like I said yesterday on the show, big day is Tennessee and Texas A&M, two teams that are predicted uh, in a lot of different uh, polls to be teams that could be contenders for their respective sides of the conference. But most importantly, Auburn Day today. I uh, got to hear from Brian Harson as well as Derek Hall, Tank Bigsby, John Samuel Shanker uh, in the main media room, in the electronic media room all across the different medias here at uh, SEC Media Days. There were different quotes doled out and there were different uh, tones of uh, different things, but nothing too earth-shattering. Uh, I think, you know, some of the biggest news was we got a start date for fall camp coming up here in a couple weeks for the Auburn Tigers, so that's when we'll start to uh, ramp things up into, co- into more football football season instead of talking football season here. But uh, Brian Harson very uh, got out on the main stage today and answered questions. Of course, some Several questions were targeted toward the uh, the events of the off season in the winter, where it, his job uh, could have been uh, in jeopardy at times. And he said, "We're you know we're ready to move past it. The team is ready to move past it. They're working every single day to continue to uh, get better as a football team." And you know, he, it's it's business as usual. You know, he went, he's back at you know continues the one and zero mentality. You got to take every day one day at a time and. Uh, where you know the Auburn Tigers continue to build toward a, a 2022 football season that a lot of people are unsure what could happen. There's uh, you know a lot of expected that the uh, SEC media polls come out tomorrow afternoon um, or tomorrow sometime tomorrow, and a lot of people expect Auburn to be ranked seventh in the West. But a lot of people bring up the point: well, when Auburn's picked to be a team way down the charts. They always find a way to upset a few teams and make their way up. So who who knows what's going to happen this season? And uh, all the guys today, all the football, all the players, Coach Harson, were all very very upbeat and very excited about getting the season started. Yeah, I'll talk a little bit about what uh, Brian Harson talked about and. 
the main media room more so than uh, the interview with, with him and the players. But I, I thought some observations, you know, last year uh, some in the media were critical because he had a very long-winded uh, opening statement that went over half the allotted time. Uh, it, it's always a 30-minute allotment for the for the press conference, and all the media members don't appreciate when you take over half that time because then you don't answer any questions. We know that, that Coach Harson answers questions very thoroughly. And so um, this year a change is that he only went six or seven minutes, and so there were a lot of questions that were able to be given to the Auburn head coach and I think that it was very important that he opened in his opening statement one of the first things he talked about was the issues in February and the inquiry and he met it head on and said I know a lot of you sitting out there didn't expect me to be here for a second year and uh, then addressed that it was a trying time that they were unfair and unwarranted attacks on on his character and his family, um, but that it's grown the team closer as we all expected, and so I thought that was a very nice touch. I didn't think that, that was something I necessarily expected, but it was good for Coach Larson to meet that head on, even though it has been five months or so since that happened. I remember that news starting to break while we were also on a radio row uh, at the Reese's senior bowl and so it was good to to get something from from brian harson there and look you know theme of the week will be you didn't hear some big story about conference realignment you didn't hear an announcement on the new scheduling model none of those things were anticipated but uh, as i said yesterday i think it's important at times to try and read between the lines so you can see what is really going on with some of these programs and, and how comfortable some of these coaches are getting with their current situation and their development and, and that sort of thing and i think brian harson he's going to do it his way and, I, and i've heard throughout this week of several coaches saying, uh, I think back to Sam Pittman, maybe chief among them, that you know it is important to live by your own standards and to do things the way you want to do them, not how the public perception is that you should do them. And that's something that Brian Harson does. That's something that you have to do to succeed as a head coach. And and so I, you know, I, I do applaud that Brian Harson has a very can-do mentality that he is obviously working incredibly hard that he believes in his team believes in his formula and believes uh, in the progress they are all making Uh, so look you know nothing negative out of today Uh, not that there should be there's very few times in these four or five media days that we've covered that i've heard something negative from a head coach but uh, it it was a very can-do workmanlike attitude and that's something that brian harson wants to be known for which i loved i mean it it made me really fired up to play auburn football to get out there on the field to watch you're going to hear from the players how excited they are and there is a little bit of a let's go prove it attitude to the locker room look ballots for all sec selections that we got a chance to participate in and uh picks uh predicted order of finish those are due at five o'clock today we'll hear announcements by by the end of the weekend as to who were the members of the All-SEC team's preseason awards watch list, who's predicted to win the league. Hint, it's going to be Alabama or Georgia, likely the Crimson Tide selected to be the projected champion. Those are the festivities that take place at a week like this, and Auburn is.
is aware of the fact. They are, really are aware of the fact that not many people are giving them a chance to compete in the SEC, and I think that's going to fire them up going into the year. Yeah, it, it's no secret. Uh, many have talked about it that – Auburn seems to be better as underdog, and not all fans like that. I can understand why. The the mentality of the fan is you want to be well-respected and you want to have a place uh, in the top of the league and and be well-respected all the time. But the reality is that Auburn, there's this inverse relationship the last decade or two of when Auburn has expectations, it usually does not have a good season. And when it does not have quality expectations, it usually has a very good season. So uh, the reality is Auburn is likely tomorrow going to be announced as being picked seventh in the SEC West. Well, as you'll hear from John Samuel Chanker, reminder, Auburn baseball was picked seventh in the SEC West. They went to Omaha as one of the best eight teams at the end of the line. So... That does not mean I'm calling for Auburn to have some 2013 season. But, alas, you know, it is simply a projection and a prediction. It is not how it has to be. And Auburn has been working very hard, as has everyone else, to fight those expectations, to exceed those expectations and those predictions. And so, look, the reality is this is talking season football season when this all will be decided is getting closer and closer by the day it is under a month and a half at this point and i'm very excited to see uh, some of these teams in, in auburn in particular go to work against the expectations it's going to be fun that's for sure football season right around the corner and let's see if they can in fact go against those expectations a thursday edition of sports call what we want to do right now is take this opportunity to celebrate some birthdays in sports it's time for today's birthdays in sports birthdays in sports july 21st 2022 deandre jordan is turning 34 years old a current nba center for the philadelphia 76ers drafted in the second round of the 2008 nba draft by the clippers out of texas a&m let's go aggies nba all-star in 2017 deandre jordan is 34 CC Sabathia is 42, a former MLB pitcher who made his debut in 2001 for the Cleveland Indians. Over 3,000 career strikeouts as a pitcher, six-time All-Star, a World Series champion in 2009 with the New York Yankees, Cy Young Award winner in 2007, the ALCS MVP in 2009. CC Sabathia, the lefty, turns 42. How many years has he been retired now? Four-ish. Because it I doesn't seem like like when you Three. think when when I think of CC Sabathia, I don't think he's like I think he's older than forty-two because he's been retired for a few years. Yeah, I, I, not too long. He pit, he had a little second span with the Yankees. He had the first couple years were really good, then kind of lost that velocity, had to reinvent the wheel, as a lot of pitchers have to do when they lose three or four, five, three, four, five miles per hour on their fastball, but then had another year or two where he was respectable. CC Sabathia turns 42. Big fan of his. R2C2, he has a podcast with Ryan Rucco of ESPN. 
Uh, check it out. Henry Ellard is turning 61, the former NFL wide receiver and coach, drafted in the second round of the 80th, 83 draft by the L.A. Rams, two-time first-team All-Pro and three-time Pro Bowler. And then David Carr, a former NFL quarterback, drafted first overall in 2002 by the Houston Texans out of Fresno State. Go Bulldogs. Super Bowl 46 champion, NFL completion percentage leader in one season, and the Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award in 2001. David Carr is 43 years old today. Very impressive. Our birthdays today. DeAndre Jordan is 34. CC Sabathia, 42. Henry Ellard is 61. David Carr is 43. Gentlemen, that is our birthdays in sports here on July 21st of 2022. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to everybody uh, that's celebrating their birthday today and to all those great figures in the sports world. We'll go ahead and we'll take our first commercial break of today's show. Sports Call continues after this quick timeout. This is WTGZ Tiger 95.9 FM. Looking for another way to listen to our show? Be sure to download the Tiger Communications app and listen to Sports Call wherever you go. I'm Trevon Reed, former Auburn Tiger football player and national champion. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back into Sports Call here in Auburn on Tiger 95.9 FM. J.J. Jackson and Ryan Lavoy here on Radio Row at SEC Media Days in Atlanta and so honored and thrilled to be joined by the commissioner of the Southeastern Conference, Greg Sankey, here with us. Greg, how are you today? Well, thank you. It's good to be here. Thanks for being part of Media Days. Absolutely. It's been a fun week here at the College Football Hall of Fame. What have you thought of the festivities here in Atlanta with the show back on the road? You know, it's a really unique venue. You get to experience the history of college football. If you walk around, you you see faces um, uh, featured in different displays, some of whom are actually speaking. Yeah. Uh, And and those, those pictures may go back to playing days or earlier coaching days. Um, we have a, a goalpost in the middle of our press conference, artificial turf on the field, a big screen. So it's a pretty unique uh, feel, and it's unique for conferences to move their media days around like we're doing. And uh, we expect to be in Nashville next year. We'll have some opportunities to look at other venues in the future. And uh, each place we want to go, we want to have a little bit of a special feel around this event. I know that back in 2018 when we were here for the first time, you mentioned just that, that you wanted to have this event go on the road, let more people experience it other than the traditional Birmingham setting. I mean, a little bit more on just the folks that have been able to come out. They don't get as much access as I'm sure fans would like, but still to be to be here and around the event in different cities. Well, there are people through the week who will come just to see coaches kind of mingle in the lobby, look through the window, see what's going on. It's raining today, so it's a little tough to be outside looking in the windows. Who, who likely haven't experienced the College Football Hall of Fame. So it's a good way to introduce college football um, beyond just their favorite team to, to a set of fans. Um, this uh, Moving it around, depending on what we do, allows a little bit more of a, a touch and feel. We also bring in local media in major markets. So you know, Atlanta is always going to pay attention to the Southeastern Conference, but being here magnifies uh, the level of attention paid. And in other major cities, we can, we can experience that same level of interest locally. And if you think about a plan over time, that just builds and builds upon the interest that exists for the Southeastern Conference. 
and commissioner with so much going on in the world of college football and college athletics is this week almost like a step aside to just take a breath after all these deep conversations about expansion and about uh, what a playoff might look like what a, a new league schedule will look like is this almost like a, a week not off but a week of, of different less impactful responsibility well it is different but you always want to be attentive to how you communicate and what you say because it's scrutinized over and over sure. and you know within the within the industry everybody gets emails and articles and you know what did he say what do you mean by that um, it actually crystallizes thoughts so a lot of the the advance work um, not just for speaking at, at uh, Monday's opening session but answering questions about how do we see the future from expansion, scheduling, NIL, transfers, uh, other NCAA-related issues. Um, because I'm going to be asked anything, there's an opportunity to prepare, but also uh, a continuing opportunity to think. So it's different. It's a different pace. It is a step away from uh, the normal office routine, but there is an intensity about it that exists all four days that we're involved. I want to ask about something kind of uh, about the future, but maybe with a little different slant than what uh, most talk about. Uh, I was watching John McDade's uh, presentation on Tuesday and about, you know, the idea of forward thinking about if there is a playoff that requires more games, how can we for player safety kind of cut down on the amount of of plays that they participate in? And and I saw that that essentially I think it was if you – have a, a rule in which the clock does not stop for incompletions that you could get up to saving two games worth of participation even under a 15 or 16 game schedule if you were to play that many through a playoff is that the type of forward thinking rules and processes that you have to try and look deeper at because we're also focused on just the how many teams part of the playoff but there's right. also more issues to it than there that. are there's there's calendar issues when do you play games how does it inter- interact how does the college football playoff expansion that, that that could reemerge interact with the expanded nfl schedule um and then we had from a, a listening session with our football student athlete leadership council last summer as we were talking about uh, adding games, uh, a really specific dialogue again from our student athlete leaders who play football. Um, that it's not about the number of games; it's about the number of exposures. And so that started our, our wheels spinning, uh, and we engaged a firm to look at if you did certain things within the game. So if you ran the clock after first downs instead of stopping it, like is the college tradition, what what would that do? Um, if you altered a little bit further out of bounds timing. What, what might that do? And what you saw was one of the results, and I think we looked at five different areas. I don't recall the other two. But the most impactful on exposures or, or plays is uh, running the clock after incompletions. And, and re- remember that you know, it, our, our backroom conversations are, you know, if you hand the ball off and 22 people pile on the ball carrier, we don't stop the clock. You, know, you may be taking... 10 or 15 seconds to pull everybody off of the pile. If you throw a two-yard out to, to, to a wide receiver and it goes through his hands and out of bounds, we stop the clock. Um, and you've seen adaptations around the game where the offense, as they're trying to control the pace, those guys will run back. So even if you throw a 20-yard 
pass downfield that goes incomplete. You got people sprinting back or substitutions taking place that that negate what 50 years ago was seen as a disruption to the game, which is an incomplete pass. And and it's just um, an introduction, and, and it is meant to be forward thinking of how do we consider the game moving forward. We also have a range in game times last year from two hours and 57 minutes for the shortest game up to about four hours and 10 minutes for the longest regular uh, regularly timed game and and we need to narrow that variance a little bit i'm not not worried about games that go 315 320 because i think once you're there you want to see it we want to keep the pace of the game moving along but we ought to think about how do we normalize the, the overall experience how do you typically make your schedule as to which games throughout a football season that you get to go to uh, I usually start right around this time of year and looking particularly at the first weekend and trying to touch as many bases as I can. Uh, my philosophy is, attend, is to, to do my best to attend a home game for every school and to see each team play twice if, if possible. Uh, you know, last year I saw Georgia play two neutral sites, one in Charlotte and one in Jacksonville, so I never made it to a, a home game at Georgia, but I met the, the, the CM two times. Um, experience. My plan right now, uh, opening weekend, is to go to Missouri on opening Thursday night. So both Tennessee and Missouri have home games. I saw Tennessee play Bowling Green opening night last year. So I'll go up to Missouri. Uh, expect Saturday to be here in, in uh, Atlanta to begin the day for Oregon and Georgia. And then probably sneak out, in fact, not probably, but sneak out a little early, head to Gainesville because Utah is playing at Florida. And then on Sunday, Florida State's in New Orleans against LSU. So that'll be opening weekend. Uh, week two is uh, Alabama at Texas. So I've never been to a football game in Austin, Texas. And, and that's an opportunity to say hello. And since we have a conference team, I normally wouldn't go to a non-conference game. But just given the u- uniqueness of, of the circumstance. Uh, week three, Miami's at Texas A&M late. Uh, I'm trying to figure out if I go to two games, so go to one game early that day. I am going week zero to Hawaii. I told All people right. that. So Vanderbilt plays Hawaii. My brother actually lives there, so I've loaded up my frequent flyer. I've emptied out my frequent <laughs> flyer account, and uh, we'll, we'll start a little bit earlier than, than normal at week zero. feels impossible to put those schedules together, and yet somehow, some way, you get it done. Yeah, and then, It's outstanding. Yeah, well, things play out, um, and, and so some of it's timing sure. of games, and then some of it's, well, I want to see that game. So, you know, the Penn State at Auburn uh, week's a big deal. Uh, but there's some games down, down the line in, in Auburn that, that I'll probably plan to attend so I can see some of our other teams play. Uh, but it's a work in progress, and it's all subject to change because what I just told you is pretty much in pencil other than <laughs> yeah. that week zero game. <laughs> well, talking about the schedule in particular and then exposures, as we're saying, and what the future could look like when people want to know what the schedule changes could be once two new teams join the league, that's been a big topic this week. Is there a timeline in place and when you would like to have that decision made? There is not. When we expanded last July, uh, we had an athletics director's meeting uh, a few weeks after, and we asked the ADs, when do you need to know? And and they asked, really, by this past Destin meeting to help with non-conference scheduling. And as we walked through the issues, more and more information was was desired. And, And so we've got some questions that need to be answered this summer. There's actually a group working on it right now on what our tiebreakers would look like in a single division concept since we've been in two divisions for a long time. We have to decide the number of games. We have to decide how many annual matchups. And it's not as if rivalries go away, even if they're not played every year. But we're going to have to make some decisions on the number of of annual games 
games embedded in the schedule with the idea we want to move teams through with greater frequency. You know, we don't want to, we don't want to have to wait 12 years before somebody from the east ends up on your campus. We'd like to see that happen with much greater frequency. As we wrap in your opening remarks, we know that you highlighted Sunisa Lee and what she was able to do in Auburn for that gymnastics program. Uh, not only her impact, but just the sports outside of just football growing and an Auburn baseball team that makes it to the College World Series. I mean, all in all, it's a pretty successful year for our Auburn Tigers. Yeah, and, you know, Bruce's team ranked number yeah. one and a lot of momentum. You know, we, we, men's basketball had really high expectations for the postseason. We just end up in matchups and the threes don't fall the right way. But uh, progress in women's basketball. Right. Um, you know, some of the, the conference victories that hadn't happened. Uh, in, in a while so you know a lot of good happening down on the plains excited about the future had a great visit with brian we were talking about uh, ford mustangs yeah. and his interest there just you know, one of the joys of the job is you get to know people uh, off the field so uh, it was neat to have half the college world series field include uh sec four sec teams um see what butch's team did through the year and you know there's a lot of promising uh opportunities out there in the future commissioner thanks for the time always good to see you thank you that's greg sankey joining us on sports call Want to know how easy it is to listen to our show? All you have to do with your Amazon smart device is say, Alexa, play Sports Call Auburn. Now back to more Sports Call with J.J. Jackson and the guys. Welcome back into Sports Call here on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app, J.J. Jackson, Ryan Lavoy, and Tom Peavy here at SCC Media Days on Radio Row in Atlanta at the College Football Hall of Fame. And now we are so thrilled to be joined by Michael Thompson, Jr. here with ESPN and the SEC Network. Thanks for the time. How yeah, are you? I'm doing great. Uh, I'm, I'm drinking from a fire hose, but I'm, <laughs> I'm, doing, I'm doing great. You've got this new exciting opportunity yeah. with the SEC Network, Vice President of Programming. Kind of tell us, what does that mean? What do you get to do on a day-to-day -day basis? I mean, it, really, it, it comes down to um, how, do we, how do we create great content that fans in the SEC want to watch and want to listen to and want to consume. I mean, that's, that's what this is about. And, um, and that could be live games. It could be studio. It could be um, uh, other types of storytelling like True South. Um, so there's just, it's really this, this kind of massive 365-day, 24-hour-a-day canvas that we get to paint on and paint on in a way that, um, uh, that we think that the fans of the conference will, will love to consume. Taking a look at some of the things that you've been able to do with the SEC Network, and we'll get to your career a little bit as well. I know summertime is always uh, – this week's great because you got all the media days, festivities, and that yeah. sort of thing. But how can you get folks excited throughout the rest of the calendar year? I'm not sure how many questions, how many times this question has been presented to you, but for our Auburn audience, anytime it gets to be summertime and the takeover days yeah. happen, and now, okay, all day long – your school is going to be featured. How do you make those decisions as to the events that are going to be highlighted? Well, the schools do it. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They pick them up. Okay. The schools pick them. Yep. And that's, wow. and that's like one of the coolest parts of it because I've been part of that on the other side with Ole Miss and A&M since the launch of the network. And um, it's, I mean, I, I remember several of those years, the brainstorms that we would do, you know, and try to slot it. Like we, we'd pick the time 
we picked the program and then there's some things that you uh, because of rights and things like that that you that you couldn't couldn't do like some NCAA championship type stuff where there's some clearances or whatnot or there's timing but um, yeah it's it's a ton of fun I mean it's it's yeah. a ton of fun and and it's you know you try to kind of it's basically each school is like the programming you know guru for that day I mean for their own day they're programming it out it's awesome well so now my question is this the schools pick them let's just say for instance Auburn there there's numerous great games out there oh, to choose yeah. from as the SEC network is there times that a school picks their group and this is these are games they want and y'all as a network are just like golly I kind of wish y'all had done this one or do you just let it go no it's it's their day I mean that's yeah. the the takeover is their day and we're we are in, in for those two weeks we are there to help facilitate what their vision is and okay. um and and to get get everything you know cleared and ready to ready to roll uh, when you uh, saw the uh, promo for True South and another season yeah. coming out this year, talk to the fans because uh, this is a program I, I'm a little less familiar with. Uh, and, and for our listening audience, what uh, what is the uh, kind of goal of True South and, and what are some of the stops going on this year? There's a, a, a bunch of stops this year. Um, I know Jackson, Mississippi is one. Uh, I j- literally just had the list in front of me a second ago. Um, but there's there's a, a bunch of great stops this year, and it's the fifth season. So I mean, they, they've they've hit um, so much of the southeast, and um, it, it's it's such a if you have not seen it, you you have to watch it. It is so good, it is so well done. The storytelling is off the charts, um, and it really just it it gives you an amazing glimpse um, into the south, into the southeast. And, do, and does it through uh, food and culture and place. And um, the, the, the storytelling is, is really incredible. Um, and I, we couldn't be happier about that show. I mean, bringing it back the, the fifth season, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it, it says a lot. Um, it's a phenomenal show. I encourage all of you to, to watch it. In the first season, I, um, <clears throat> in fact, if I'm not mistaken, I think the very first episode of the whole show was Birmingham, I think. So go back to season one. I think it's. I think it's. I'm almost yeah. positive it's episode one, season one. Right in our neck of the woods. Yeah, yeah. it's well, awesome. And, and now y'all did one, Columbus, Georgia, Fort Benning. Yeah, yeah. Okay, my hometown. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. Exciting stuff. Michael Thompson Jr. is here with us, the Vice President of Programming and Acquisitions here for ESPN and the SEC Network, talking about great programming that you've got. Uh, Marty McGee has quite the following and fan base, and uh, we love any chance that we get to chat yeah. with those guys. And to find a way to put a TV product together around their personalities and everything is just absolutely outstanding. And that's got to be a whole lot of fun to partner up with some people like that. Yeah, it is. Those two guys are, they're one of a kind. I mean, like they, <laughs> they really are. And their chemistry is, I mean, it's, it's, it's near perfect, if not perfect. I mean, it's just so, it's so fun to watch. And you can see it. You can feel it. Um, and I'll say, you know, and this is n- no knock on any of the other shows, but but when it was announced that I was uh, 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 taking this role, I had more friends text about how much they love Marty McGee, like that show. And I, I, I just, I, I wasn't, um, I, I loved it too. I wasn't expecting it to be unsolicited text just out of nowhere. It's almost like there was like a, a secret campaign or something yeah. that, that, that my friends had like gotten on a group text about. But, but people love that show. They, it's mega fandom um, uh, for that show. And, and, you know, we just talked about why. I mean, they're, they're just incredible. 
uh, just their chemistry is so cool. It's really cool. Everything they build it around with the hillbilly headlines. Yeah. Yeah. a lot of people laughing and it's having so a great time. It's just that's authentic. the thing. Yeah, and, and that's what and that, and people people can recognize that the viewers can easily spot something that's that's inauthentic and they can spot something that's very authentic. And that's that's exactly what you get with Marty McGee's authenticity. Uh, being Auburn guys and uh, Auburn fans, uh, when you look down there on the in the studio group now, we've got a new face in there. Takio. Takio Spikes. Man. What, what went into making Takio Spikes, Spikes part of the SEC network? Well, I, I know that um, – and I'm, I'm not part of the talent decisions, or, or at least not, not yet, I guess. Um, uh, but I know that, that ESPN execs had had their eyes on him for a long time. He right. is an incredibly talented – um, television personality, uh, and he brings—I mean, just uh, the wealth of knowledge of playing in the in the NFL, but playing in um, in the SEC and and being as decorated as he was, um, he brings a significant amount of credibility. Um, but he's just great. He should—he goes back to um, something I was just sharing with somebody else a minute ago. Is just the the people, um, all of the talent, really all of the people that I've even come to contact with—they're just great human beings. Right. Like they're they're great. Yeah. And Takio's is a great human being. I've I've got have not gotten to spend a ton of time with him, but I uh, spent time with him yesterday and the day before. And um, you can just tell like he's he's a good dude. And like right. having those people around, it just lifts the whole thing. And everybody loves working with him. And that's that's a that's a big credit to him. And 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 then his accomplishments really speak for themselves. Tell me this, because obviously when we're talking about programming, you watch SEC Network, you're going to see the faces immediately on the camera in front. But people like yourself and, and Michael, there are just so many others that if, if fans got the chance to look behind the scenes at how much it truly makes or how many people it takes, bodies, just to get things going. Like, it's crazy. It's and crazy. I wanted to take a chance just <laughs> to kind of highlight those folks. Well, it's... Um it's astounding. I, my, I think my first week, my first weekend um, on the job uh, was baseball regionals. And um, just as I got added to different email distribution lists and things like that, I, <laughs> I was blown away by how much went into um, what we do at ESPN. Ab- like absolutely blown away. And um, th- there's 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 some kind of content or programming idea that's kind of bouncing around. That's like it's like a behind the scenes of the behind the scenes, you know, on the production. <laughs> there's just something about that because there are there are hundreds right. of people that that you don't see on camera, and um, that that without them you don't see anything. Like you literally would just have a, a blank screen, and they they work their tails off. Um, and they're they, but they love doing what they're doing too. I mean, and that's that's a that's a big uh, a big hallmark for for all the people that I've come across is they love their job, they love doing what they're doing, um, and that makes them really good at it too. Um, but I told somebody the other day, if you see me on camera, there's something very wrong. Like like <laughs> like something's gone very very wrong. Somebody asked me, he was like, "Oh, you going to be on?" He was like, "No." And if you see me, then you know that <laughs> something's not good. <laughs> well, we, uh, this might not be television, but we appreciate you taking yeah, some time to chat with yeah, us today. Absolutely. No, I, I, radio is great for me. I've got a good <laughs> face for radio. I like that. That's Michael Thompson Jr. joining us here on Sports Call. Sports Call is on the air weekdays from 3 until 6 p.m. If you are currently driving in a four-door sedan, roll up the windows and turn up the radio. We're Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. 
I'm Deshaun Davis, former Auburn Tigers football player and all-SEC linebacker. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back into Sports Call, WTGZ, Tiger 95.9 FM, and on the Tiger Communications app. J.J. Jackson here on Radio Row, SEC Media Days, College Football Hall of Fame in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm joined on the program by Ryan LaVoy and Brooks Childress. You heard moments ago from the commissioner of the Southeastern Conference, Greg Sankey, and Michael Thompson, Jr., the ESPN Vice President of Programming and Acquisitions for the SEC Network Properties. Fun conversation with them about what all goes into the television scheduling for big events across the league and more. And then, as always, each and every year, an annual tradition for us to get to catch up with Commissioner Sankey at SEC Media Days, which is always a whole lot of fun. I enjoyed uh, getting to hear both of those conversations back and uh, proud of our ability to get those interviews on Sports Call this week, guys. Starting with uh, Michael, uh, you know, that was a good interview just from the standpoint of, you know, I, I don't really often think about or have too much knowledge in what goes into the programming uh, on the network. And I, I thought that, uh, you know, we, we talked a little bit about True South, and that's something I actually have not watched. I didn't know, and I from Tom's reaction to it, um, I don't know about you guys as well, um, didn't know that with the all-Auburn day, all-Arkansas day, just whatever team, whatever school it is, did not realize that the school chose all those. I've always looked at it, oh, they chose to do this game. Oh, they chose to mix it up. I'm sure maybe they get parameters. I guess we could have done a follow-up there. But the schools pick what they want shown. And so uh, you, you saw a little bit of everything this last year because Auburn did so well in, in a number of sports. You saw something represented by a lot of the sports. But never, never knew it was the schools that decided that. And it's cool that the SEC Network gives them the, the freedom to do that. And yeah, I thought Michael was a, a very interesting interview. Yeah, you would think, because, you, you know, you look at this, I don't know how much y'all paid attention to it this year. Most of their stuff, and like you were saying, was from this calendar year. They had a lot of Auburn stuff, and it was a lot of big wins in this calendar year. And you were like, oh, well, the SEC Network's just going back and showing, you know, these great things that Auburn did this year. But no, the school picked that, and it's like they're more, you know, they're trying to highlight the great year that they had rather than go back and say, pull, you know, the 2013 Iron Bowl again, or pull the 2010 Iron Bowl again, or pull the national championship from 2010 again. They were going back, and they were they. It felt like they were. Now that we know this, they were highlighting the great year that they had on all around in athletics. Um, and yeah, that was very interesting to find out that you know the schools pick everything that's up there. So you know you really get a get a sense like what all what what it looks like Auburn did of what they're trying to highlight from this past year. What they're trying to highlight uh, when it comes to the school. Maybe a school goes football heavy uh, with what they're showing they want to highlight how great their football team is or want to you know they they go you know maybe like Vanderbilt you go with uh you know other sports that you would uh want to highlight a little bit more than probably football but you know Clark Lee uh, earlier this week said they're going to be one of the best a uh, couple years are going to be one of the best programs in the country um and it's you know it, it just it shows you what 
it kind of shows you what schools want to uh, want to highlight from there. And yeah, it, it's really it's really interesting to you know get to behind the you know we talk about getting behind the scenes people with ESPN mostly it's on air talent, but getting uh, a guy like Michael Thompson on that you know is really behind the scenes and has his hand in everything that's going on there. I've I've been able to catch a little bit of True South, and I think that the the True South show is very unique because it is on SEC Network and it is about you know areas around the southeastern conference area grid you would say but none it really doesn't highlight football sure it, it more so goes about the culture of uh, or any really sports so you, you think you know oh the sec it's on the sec network it's going to be about sports but you watch it it's not really they may hint here and there and you know bring things up here and there but they're really it's really just going around and exploring the culture of the area around the southeastern conference and i think that's really cool they did one uh i think it was last year around mobile baldwin county and they went down to uh, one of the famous places down there in baldwin county pirates Cove and uh, highlighted that. They highlighted a place over in Mobile that's really, really good food. Um, and so they, they do a really good job of going around the Southeastern Conference and not just sticking to, hey, here's what you can do in Auburn. Here's what you can do in Starkville. Here's what you can do in Nashville. They're going to all the places that are, you know, are part of the Southeastern Conference that are, you know, that are important to the culture around what we see on game days. It's a lot of fun to be able to watch all of those great shows and then to be able to have that conversation with Michael Thompson Jr. about the possible programming that could be in the future, about what it's like to work with Marty and McGee and how authentic they are to be able to build that show around them. It was a whole lot of fun. And then we heard from Commissioner Sankey. Always fun to catch up with him. And we'll be heading to Nashville next year for SEC Media Days in 2023. Thrilled of this event and uh, its ability to bring fans in expand the reach and the market and the national perspective. Like he said, when you're in Birmingham, a lot of the national shows aren't making the trips. We were talking with friends in Nashville and Atlanta earlier today, and when it wasn't in some of those bigger markets, they didn't feel as inclined to go to a place like Birmingham for media days. And so while we certainly love the various stops in the SEC, understand some of the business decisions that go into a lot of that. But I think the more fascinating thing was trying to figure out how in the world does this man put together a schedule into what football games you're going to see on any given weekend throughout the season that was crazy to hear him kind of rack his brain into how he tries to get it all done yeah we're like i said about a month and a half away from the season and he's already got the first three or four weeks in mind and (laughs) you know i think that's a very cool thing and, and he tries to balance it out i'm not sure what the other commissioners do we don't follow the other commissioners as closely Obviously, and so I, you know, I imagine some other commissioners probably do something similar to what Greg Sankey does, but trying to see every team twice, trying to go to every venue once, and that's very admirable, and trying to just split himself as, as much as he can. I even think back to when uh, yesterday, I believe, he was on the main stage, and Kentucky, Mark Stoops, about to come up, and he had a little bit of blue in his tie. And he just said, I know some people are going to point out the blue I have in my tie, even though it's Kentucky Day. It is not affiliated with Kentucky or along those sort of lines. So he tries to play it as neutral as possible. Now, of course, people will always have jokes about the league office being in Birmingham and you know alleged, favorit- alleged favoritism to Alabama. That's always going to happen, but... I, I think that they have really they are really trying to branch this out and I think it would make a lot of sense if you're talking about media days in the future 
I think it would make a lot of sense if we end up in we will end up in national in 2023. If we end up in 2024, somewhere like Tampa, where the SEC basketball tournament recently was, or in New Orleans, and then in 2025 with the arrival of Texas and Oklahoma, I would not be surprised to either be in Houston or in Dallas that year because, well, you're trying to expand to different markets, and that's one of the goals of the SEC and what Greg Sankey wants to accomplish. And, look, I I saw fans going up and down as I went to the main media room and came back to the table, which, of course, is on the second floor of the Hall of Fame. And I saw fans out there every day and almost for every school. And I don't know what kind of impact it has. I don't think it's that of a football game. But I I think it is worth doing. And I think it is worth changing around. Me being from Birmingham, it's always going to be special anytime Birmingham is mentioned with anything. But And clearly the logistics are very sound in Birmingham. It's always going to be a place that they know how to do, run a good media days. But I do think in this day and age, we're all about showcasing everything and about media attention and that sort of thing. And I think going out and about and going to different markets, trying to draw drum up more excitement in big cities. I talk all the time about big cities caring more about their professional sports. We'll find a way to try and drum up more interest in some of those big cities. And I think if you go to those big cities in the preseason, you might be able to accomplish some of that. So I'm excited about Nashville next year. I think Atlanta in year two of Atlanta went a lot smoother than it did in year one. I enjoyed being up here. And, uh, of course, we enjoyed the conversation at large with with Greg Sankey. It was a great conversation for sure. And, Brooks, like you said, week zero, I know you're jealous. He's going to make a trip to Hawaii for Hawaii Vanderbilt. I am. I'm very jealous. I tried tried to convince Grace that we should go on an early honeymoon before – uh, the uh, before we actually get married to Hawaii, uh, but she wouldn't have it. She she said, "Well, say how did that conversation go?" She said, "Why would we do that?" And I then I had to casually drop. Well, there's a football game that's going to be out there, an <laughs> SEC football game. She she shut it down pretty quickly, but yeah, exciting uh, that the SEC because you know a lot of people you know it's going to be Vanderbilt, but there's still going to be more people tuned into Week Zero than normal because Week Zero used to be you know Utah State versus Hawaii or something, but now the SEC gets the their foot into week zero and uh, even though it's Vanderbilt it's going to be an exciting football game without a doubt it will be thanks again to Greg Sankey for joining us here on Sports Call we have reached the end of hour number one of the show today still plenty more to come it is Auburn Day at SEC Media Days here in Atlanta alongside Ryan LaVoy and Brooks Childress our man the great Brant Daughtry is back inside our Tiger Communications Studios my name is JJ Jackson one hour in the books and we're rolling One hour of our show is in the books. We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. 
We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Second hour of Sports Call starts right now on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. J.J. Jackson alongside Brooks Childress and Ryan LaVoy, Brant Daughtry back inside our studios in Auburn. We're live at the College Football Hall of Fame in Atlanta, Georgia. This is SEC Media Days. And boy, we've had a lot of fun already on the show today. It is the last day of the festivities here in the ATL. Auburn has been in the building. And uh, man, it's just been an amazing week. Amazing day so far talking Auburn Tigers football. And speaking of which, a former Auburn Tiger in Roger McCreary has been here this week on behalf of Bush's Baked Beans. On Monday, as we discussed with Alyssa Lang and Laura Rutledge and so many other the SEC Network analysts, they announced a big partnership with Bush's Beans about being the official tailgate beans of the Southeastern Conference. And our very own Roger McCreary got a chance to chat with us as we take this opportunity to set up this conversation with Roger. Let's talk beans for a second, guys. It's not every day we get to do this on Expert Sports Call. bean analysis, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Some say baked beans are best with hot dogs. I'm not going to read the whole back of this can. Um, we had cans good. brought to us, though. Yeah, that's got Roger's name on them, yes. too. Yes, very cool. I know some people around here, uh, like our friend uh, down in Mobile, Dave Schultz on WNSP down in Mobile, he got one that had his name on it. He got a, he got Alyssa Lang got it. All the SEC Network people got it. And a couple people down Radio Row got personalized ones. We got Roger's beans. So we got Roger McCreary's uh, personalized baked beans. And so this is good as anything right here. Yeah, I think they did because they were the only, uh, or he was uh, Dave was the only one at his stage. I think that's probably how they did. It. They saw what there was person? three of us, four of us technically with Tom, and they're like, "Oh, we can't get four cans of baked yeah. beans away, but if we give it away one, we can customize it uh, to perfection." But yeah, no, I think baked beans are a great uh, tailgate snack, and you know that's a great side item for it. I'm still, I didn't know like. We needed a official bean of a, of <laughs> of a, a conference. conference. Yeah, uh, I guess that's. But here we are. Uh, advertising dollars, the almighty dollar. But there's some other wild ones too, and I, I can't remember what it was. But there's been a couple others in recent months where I was like, "You need an official that for that." Uh, so you know, there's there's going to be some goofy sponsorships from time to time, but. Bush's is really good. There's, that's not that's no deny. Why? No deny. Um, so it's not goofy in that it's uh, a weird product. It's a good product, but uh, hey, good for good for that partnership. And again, a pretty common side item at tailgates. I would think you get some barbecue, you get some wings or something, but then you have some baked beans on the side. Why not from Bush's? And it's been told that Roger McCreary uh, has a, a little bit of a different pregame diet. That may or may not include said beans. So let's hear more about that. Here we are. We're chatting with Roger McCreary at SEC Media Days, Radio Row 2022. Let's take a listen. 
Welcome back into Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM in the Auburn area. J.J. Jackson and Ryan LaVoy, and we are so thrilled to now be joined by our former Auburn Tiger, Roger McCreary. He's here on behalf of Bush's Baked Beans, and Roger, it's so good to see you, man. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm just excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. We're excited to chat with you. It's an exciting opportunity for you now that your playing career at Auburn has ended, and now you're getting set for the NFL. How excited are you to start training camp and start your rookie year um everything is just great um everything's going good through ricky coming otas and everything i feel like um it was a lot of um little mistakes and everything there but i'm happy that i went through the mistakes i'm learning i'm learning the system the process and everything and everything's just going good because i'm slowly improving every day and i'm just like excited for west Coast, like witness to come next week when we have training camp and everything and i know you were really excited uh, to take part in the senior bowl being a mobile guy and then uh, staying relatively close on one of the closer franchises to home in, in Tennessee and, and how excited were you to uh, be able to continue your career at, at a place again like I said not too far from home oh it's just great um, actually being close because I was so happy like I got dropped it there because it, it's not that far from nothing from Auburn from Mobile and everything so I feel like I'm not that far away from home it's really like a second home now because like I've been in Tennessee before and everything so it's just great and I'm just happy to see like where it has like what's to come in the future before we get to some uh, Auburn questions, we got to ask you, because the first time I heard this, I could not believe this, so, and I'm sure you've gotten this question a lot this week. Two bowls of baked, or two plates of baked beans right before each game with a lot of sugar. How did you even come to know that you wanted to put sugar in your baked beans? Um, it was something... Um it, it was something like I did when I was growing up, um, but I don't only just put sugar in and I'll put like ground beef or a connect sauce. You can really put a lot in the beans and everything. It's not only just sugar. You can put brown sugar in it too. But like I've been doing that since I was just a little kid because, you know, family barbecues and everything. So growing up, I always ate it. So at Auburn, I asked them what the beans at. So it don't be like the day of the game. It'll be the night before the game and stuff. And like they always serve me the beans. They already have everything <laughs> ready for me. So it was just great. And finally just to get a deal with them it's really amazing were there any coaches that tried to stop you from doing this before oh, yeah. games oh yeah most definitely they tell me a lot like you know you just, <laughs> like what are you doing but if it if it helps you if it helps you play good in this day we're good so they didn't care really but they'll tell me you gotta stop that <laughs> is the plan to continue that in the nfl oh yes most definitely it is um it's crazy because my nutritionist at arvin she there with me at on um, the times now wow so she already know that i'm gonna be looking for that in this game day and all that stuff <laughs> And playing for the Titans, again, we mentioned how close it is to home, but this team was just the top seed in the AFC. I mean, it's a really good team that you're getting to go play for a Super Bowl contender right out of the gates. That's got to be exciting. Oh, yeah, I'm really excited um, because that means, like, they have, like, the goals, like, they're, like, they know their mindset. Like, I feel like coming into this team, like, they already know, like, I seen how they practice and everything. I see why they was number one because they practice like they're one and they want to win. Like, they're going to help you out if you make mistakes and all that stuff. So I'm happy that I'm really playing with them. And this uh, partnership with Bushes, you're a Tennessee Titan, but they are from East Tennessee. So the state of Tennessee means a lot to them. They're embedded in the southeast. So it seems like a pretty perfect partnership. Oh, yeah. Everything is perfect. Um, perfect. Um, they got the new partnership of Beans of the SEC. I play in the SEC. Um, it's in Tennessee. So it really all lined in place and everything. So I'm really happy on everybody how to have this deal with them. Let's talk Auburn football. If someone were to walk up to you, Roger, and say, what is your favorite game? from playing with the Auburn Tigers, what do you say? I would say my favorite game 
my favorite game, it would be the Iron Bowls. It, it would always be the Iron Bowls yeah. at Jordan Hare. From 2019, from my last game ever, college football, that was one of my favorite games ever. Even though it ended the way I did, I still truly loved everything about it. And another game I would say is the Ole Miss game at Jordan Hare again because just the fans there at Jordan Hare is, is crazy. It was like a high Halloween night and everything. So, you know, the fans, they were turned. They was having fun. And at the end of it, when we finally won, that was one of the best moments ever, I promise you. Tell me about the other cornerbacks from Auburn that are already at the NFL level. I, I think of the Buccaneers. I mean, they got all of them with Jamel Dean and Carlton Davis. You guys are all so close. Once you play for Auburn, you hear from all the Auburn Tigers out there. Have you heard from those guys since you've been drafted as you start this next stage in the NFL? Oh, I haven't. I would say I haven't really talked to them as much before when I got drafted because they, they really want me to get the vibe of myself. They don't want me to explain it. They want me to experience it. They want me to learn from it. But um, I still really I still talk to them everything. They took upon me and I'm, I talked to Noah from um, Miami yeah. and stuff. So it's really just great. Like I spoke to them guys before I, I ever got like got drafted. So I kind of knew the glimpse of it and they said you, you're going to be great. Everything's good. Just don't think too much and just play. So it's really just great playing with those guys and I'll finally experience to play with them like against them now. Who's the next guy at Auburn? In who's, that cornerback spot. Who's the next guy at Auburn? I would say all them guys that will play under me, like, because them guys, like, there's something about Auburn. It always, a uh, cornerback, he always improved. Like, it came from Carlton to Jamel to Noah to me. And I feel like them guys under me, they're going to be great. Like, them guys like Nehemiah Pritchard and Jalen Sims, he played alongside me. And I've seen how they improve every day, and I feel like it's going to be great for them. Nehemiah Pritchett and Jalen Simpson, the two guys to watch out for this year. Yeah, yes, sir. What about them stands out? Um, it's just like the guys, like I've seen them improve from freshman to like now. And I know like being coached by um, Zach Etheridge, I know that he's going to like improve them even more. It's just like the mindset of it, like them guys slowly improve. And I've seen they have new guys coming in. They have DJ James. He's from my city too. And I know that <laughs> like he, he's a great guy. And there was some other guys that I heard about it that was really good at standing out. So I'm really excited about what I'm hearing. I mean, I can't say it. But I'm just excited because, like, they always tell me, like, they're slowly improving. So it's great because in the NFL you play on Sundays. And Saturdays no. this year, I guess you're going to make it a point to make sure you're watching Auburn. Oh, yes, most definitely. I'm always – I'm, I'm going to know what play they're doing. I'm like, what they're doing. Like, they've been doing this and stuff. So I'm going really to be locked in watching them. What do you like to do when it's not football? When you're not doing football-related activities, how do you how do you wind down? Um, I like to really like, – I'm really a chill guy who don't really do much or go out or anything. So I really like to, like, stay to myself and just do activities with my friends and so we'll play the games but outside we'll go bowling I mean I'm not good at golf but <laughs> I'll play golf and that's another thing because we just like competing and stuff so it really be stuff like that just doing other activities you guys feel like it just from stories that we've heard and, and connections that we have feels like you guys get really competitive on any of the games that are out there whether it's Fortnite or Madden or NBA yeah. 2K like yeah T. Reed is bragging about his Madden game all the time so I, I never play him he, it's crazy <laughs> he, he, he can't be good because he, he bragging about to me but um, it's great because like yeah that's why I love it because by playing them games with my friends we so competitive like we try to be the best because <laughs> yeah. you not going to stop hearing them saying like T. Reed like he's the best like you be him he's gonna be quiet so that's the reason why I like i love like being around a group of friends because that's all we do is compete how many different sports did you play in high school oh i played like a lot growing <laughs> up i played soccer baseball basketball i ran track it's just like growing up my mom always had me busy with playing sports so that's all i know is sports what's your second best sport would you say like if it wasn't football what do you take most pride in um, I would say it, it was it was basketball at yeah. first, but I, I'm not gonna lie, I'm not good at basketball no more. I stopped that in high school, <laughs> but like I, I would love, like, I played baseball too. That's one thing I really loved, but I couldn't do it because 
baseball, you have to play all year round, really, right? If you really want to be a great player. But like, I was good, like really good, and I ran track too. So that's one thing I really wanted to do growing up was playing track. I mean, running track, not playing. Yeah. Did you want? <laughs> did you want to run in college at all? Oh yes, sir. I wanted to, but I feel like that was going to be too much. Yeah. Uh, I feel like so I just Noah tried going. to do it a little bit. Yeah, didn't yeah. So I, yeah, Noah, he tried. He see, he stopped. Okay, yeah. it was so much. So I just feel like it was just too much, and I just wanted to just run track. I mean, play football. Yeah. yeah. T- tell me about the uh, tell me about the offense this upcoming season for Auburn. Obviously, there's a quarterback battle going on with T.J. Finley and, and Zach Calzada coming in, but a lot of guys in the running back room that are so talented in Tank Bigsby and Jarquest Hunter. Tell us a little bit about the offense this season. Um, I really like don't know much about these new guys coming in as quarterbacks and stuff. Like all I know is TJ, so I really don't know how like how this guy improved, that guy improving. But from what I'm hearing, I heard like they are doing good. Like they really don't know yeah. themselves. That's what I heard. And just the running back group, like all of them good. I feel like they all gonna have a chance to run the ball. I mean, it's kind of gonna be hard to like share that out with all three of them guys because then them guys really like going to be good. Yeah. And they like they make young guys under them improve every day. And the receivers like you have a new group set of receivers. So I feel like that's another thing that they, guys like Tank, a leader that like, he going to lead them and just like show them away and everything. So I feel like it's great. And offensive line. Them, all them guys are vets. All them guys play with each other for a while, so I know that they're going to be great. Shedrick Jackson is a known commodity in that wide receiver oh, yeah, room. Exactly. We're used to seeing him over the years. Uh, we look at the rest of the room, though. You've got Javarius Johnson, who's made a lot of big plays. Xavier Capers is someone that I'm a big fan of and excited yeah. for him to get more opportunities this year. Those younger guys in that wide receiver room, you had to go up against them in practice. Like, yeah. you know them. Tell us a little bit about this wide receiver room for Auburn. Oh, yeah, this wide receiver group, I feel like a lot of people are sleeping on them on Shed. I came in with him. Like, uh-huh. Y'all came in as freshmen, so I know like this is the year Shed like is going to prove a lot of people wrong. Like this is his hunger, this is hungry year. Like he got to show that like he he always he always help out the guys under him. He always do that. So them guys like Var going to help him and like help him like teach the young guys too. It's not just going to be Shed. It's going to be him and Xavier Cabers. But this one like they know that they have to step up. So I feel like they're going to do that. But because not a lot of people talk about them, so I know they're going to prove a lot of people wrong. Without a doubt, we're excited to see some Auburn football this upcoming season. It's SEC Media Days. Roger McCurry is joining us here on behalf of Bush's Baked Beans. Let's wrap up with this. It's Auburn Day here. You've got Coach Harson in the building along with Derek Hall, Tank Bigsby, John Samuel Shanker. Have you seen some of the guys? Oh, yeah. Um, I've spoken to Derek and I've spoken to um, I spoken to Tank, too. I, um, I haven't seen Coach, and i just seen um, John down there, so <laughs> I'm going to speak with them later. Bruce. How are their fits today? Oh, yeah. They're, they're clean. They're nice. Uh, I mean, I didn't know it was like this because I never came immediately day but like it's actually seeing it and them here like they're nice and i'm happy that he chose them to represent auburn give us one final pitch for bush's baked beans that are the official beans of the yeah. sec what do you got oh yeah most definitely um i'm here at sec media day with bush bean i'm happy to announce their new partnership as beans of the sec and i feel like this is a great opportunity because bush beans like i feel like that's the best beans for tailgate at the sec of the games and everything so i feel like this is great for everybody congrats on all your success we're going to be rooting for you this rookie season and uh thanks for stopping by today war eagle roger right, war eagle thanks for having me that's roger mccreary joining us here on sports call
All of the biggest names in the sports world want to be on Sports Call. We are very excited to be joined by ESPN's Adam Amin. Bring on a very special guest, a good friend of the program, a former host of this very show, and the current voice of the Auburn Tigers, the one and only Andy Burcham. We get the opportunity to welcome in Mr. Phil Steele into our program. Be sure to listen to our conversations with athletes, coaches, and media personalities on the Sports Call podcast. We're done paying the bills. Now back to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back into Sports Call, Tiger 95.9 FM here in the SEC Media Days at the College Football Hall of Fame on Radio Row in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, Brooks Childress alongside myself, J.J. Jackson, and excited to chat with the voice of the Auburn Tigers, Andy Burcham here today on the program. Greetings, Andy. Warrigal, gentlemen. Good to be with you today. It's so good to see you, yeah. as always. Have you been to the College Football Hall of Fame My first before? time. First time. I've, I've walked by it several times. Right. I've, I've, <laughs> I've spent time in the, the Omni Hotel for various events, but it's the first time I've been able to come in here and just kind of wandering a little bit right now, just checking out the various exhibits. And, and I, I'm, I'm guessing that not everything is up just because... Right of the space taken up by SEC Media Days. We're here by the Iron Bowl exhibit. I mean, they, they properly seated us well, here for the week's festivities. Uh, it's only appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> How quickly were you able to find the Auburn helmet when you walked in? That's that's the that's the one thing I've not walked by yet. Okay. I've not walked the by the, mo- are everywhere. the mosaic of, of, right. of, cave, of uh, helmets that are here. So I plan to do that. And I, I think, think we'll, you'll I find think it pretty quickly. I think we'll spot it pretty quickly. Yeah. It's a big day, obviously. <clears throat> Coach Harson met with a big group of media reporters a little bit earlier today. and uh, Interesting to hear what outsiders uh, thought of his remarks and that sort of thing. But as someone who is so close to the program and knows Coach Harson and the capacity in which you do, what did you think of, of his remarks and his composure? Well, I, I, his composure is always good, you know, one. I thought the fact that he addressed what went on in the winter right off the bat was, was smart. He, he, he met it head on. He didn't mince the words about its effect or its desired effect, perhaps, on, on the Auburn football program, himself, his family, this team. Um, I, I, I thought he addressed that well. And, and even when he was asked to talk about it again, he stayed with the fact that I've, I've already talked about this. Let's move forward. So. He he is. I've I've never seen Brian Harson where he has lacked confidence, <laughs> ever. And we've only been around him for a couple of years now. But I, I think he's a confident man. He's a confident man in his ability. He's a confident man in his program, and he's a confident man. I think in the Auburn program as well. And we'll just have to wait and see how it how it goes against once again one of the toughest schedules in the country. From year one to year two, from year one to year two, do you think Brian Harson's adjusted to SEC media days? That's a good question. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not sure that this is ever a, a favorite part of the, the college season for any of these coaches. It's a part of it that they know that. I thought he he answered questions well today. Um, it's a full day. I mean, between talking with you guys, the mass media, the rest here of Radio Row, and all of the the TV entities. He was talking with Marty McGee when I saw him last. Um, it's a full day. It's, it's much more than it ever was before. And wait till Oklahoma and Texas join the right. league in a couple of years, and you guys are in Dallas. 
for SEC football media days. Andy Burcham's here with us, the voice of the Auburn Tigers, again at SEC media days in Atlanta. Did you ever broadcast on Radio Row in your career, Andy? Yeah, sure did. Uh, Bill and I both did uh, with, with Sports Call in the, in the early days. Uh, we only did it. It was only held in Birmingham right. when we were doing the show. So down the hallway that, that you guys were at last year, we were, we were a part of that. As well, yeah. And it's extended, I, I'm assuming. Well, it's, that, it's much larger now than right. it was then. I mean, then it was it was growing in popularity. Sure. And the idea then was there was a print room, which is the big room here, although they can seat much more than just the print media now. There were various TV, local TV outlets. I think there was Jefferson Pilot before the SEC Network. And perhaps ESPN started to, to have a, a presence. And then there was the radio room, which was typically one of the smaller rooms that they had. And I would camp out in there and, like you guys, get the audio and bring it back. And we would use some of that audio. We didn't have as many opportunities as, as you do now of one-on-ones sure. or two-on-ones with the various coaches and players. Typically, the audio that you were able to get was in the media room itself. It's changed a lot more. It's, it's much better now to be able to sit down with the Commissioner Sankey rather than just to, to take bits and pieces of, of his general address to the SEC. Fun for us to be able to chat with Commissioner Sankey a little bit earlier today on the show and talking about the successful athletic year that the Auburn Tigers as a whole were able to experience. I know that's what we highlighted our last phone conversation with you, Andy, but it really was a great year for Auburn Athletics. It was a terrific year for Auburn Athletics. If you look at the, the final four appearances for both women's golf and gymnastics and the first ever for gymnastics, an SEC championship for equestrian. You look at what the tennis teams did, and the women hosted uh, and won a regional, and I think the men will be doing that soon at Auburn. Both of the men's and women's golf teams advanced to the Nationals again, uh, an SEC championship for equestrian. You look at, at an improving swimming and diving program under Ryan Wakamurka, another NCAA tournament bid for the Auburn soccer team. It's an improved Auburn volleyball team. You could say the same for women's basketball and a top 15 class and then a, a 6-5 center on top of that class <laughs> coming in for Coach Jay. And then obviously what men's basketball did with an SEC regular season championship and the number one ranking for a month and then Auburn's trip to the College World Series. That's a heck of a year. It's tempered somewhat with the end of the football season, unfortunately. But you look at what happened elsewhere. Um, good seasons for track and field. Brand new head coach and Leroy Burrell. Hope you guys get a chance to talk to him at some point. I mean, at one point, and there are so few of these people that can actually say this, he was the fastest man in the world. <laughs> the fastest man on the planet was Leroy Burrell, who was Auburn's track and field head coach. It's got to be a cool feeling. Well, I don't know what it's like to you. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> well, I'm going to ask him about it, though, yeah. when I get a chance to talk to him. So I, th I think in many regards, and softball with another NCAA tournament bid. I hope I'm not leaving anyone out. If I am, I apologize. I think all in all, when you look at the whole picture, it's been a really good year for Auburn Athletics. 
and now we're starting a new one. Yeah. That's what SEC Media Days always marks as the start of a new season. And uh, Coach Harson fielding a number of questions about his team, his roster, going into this upcoming season. When you look at the Auburn football roster in 2022, <clears throat> what stands out? Two parts, two pieces that are unproven. I'm not saying there's not talent there, but I think it's unproven. The linebacker spot opposite Owen Papo. Okay? Who fills the role of Sokovia McLean? For the, for the Auburn Tigers. And I said this a year ago, and I'll say it again this year. I think there is talent there, but we have to see someone emerge at the wide receiver spot. I think Auburn is good up front, offensively and defensively. Um, Auburn is very good at the tailback spot with Tank Bigsby and Jarquez. Who will emerge as the quarterback for Auburn? Is it a T.J. Finley? Is it Zach Calzada? Is it Robbie Ashford in, in some role? Is it Holden Gurner in some role at at the quarterback spot? And I think Auburn will be better than most think in the secondary, despite the fact that a guy like Roger McCreary, who we've seen around on media days, that is getting ready for his first season in the NFL. uh, I I think this is a secondary that's going to be a lot better than folks think. And if Anders Carlson is back full strength, I love Auburn's kicking game. No doubt. Love Auburn's kicking game. When you go to SEC media days, typically – coaches bring the players that are going to be upperclassmen leaders on their football team that year. What are your thoughts on the contingency that Brian Harson's brought here I, this year? I think that's very much the case with Tank Bigsby and Derek Hall and John Samuel Schenker. And one of the, the common denominators about all of these guys is all that happened in the fall, all that happened in the winter, the end of the last season, and some folks decided they were going to play their football elsewhere. Those guys had an opportunity. Those guys could be playing for another team. And they chose to stay. They chose to stay and play with their ball club, with this university, and with this coaching staff and this head coach. I think that says a great deal about this trio and others on this Auburn football team. What can you say about the coaching staff, Andy? Obviously, Coach Harson is, is the main guy that's getting all the headlines. A couple of new faces there, guys in elevated roles and positions. When you look at the coaching staff, what stands out? Well, you, you've got two new coordinators, but not new guys to the staff. And Jeff Schmetting. Um, on, on the defensive side, Eric Kesaw on the offensive side. Uh, Rock Ballantoni is a guy. Yeah, I know. I'm getting the, I'm getting the, the, the stink eye here from Brad Law. Uh, Rock Ballantoni is a guy that, that I'm, I'm, I'm really interesting to get to know that, that will help Auburn on the defensive side. Uh, Christian Robinson uh, with the linebackers. Jimmy Brumbaugh is back uh, while coaching for his alma mater. I've got to think that this is a the opportunity he's been waiting for. And then Ike Hilliard is a guy that you continue to hear about. And, yeah. and listen, he was the one guy on this coaching staff that had no recruiting experience at all <laughs> because his entire career playing, or after college, playing and coaching had been in the NFL. And I remember we, we did, we did a, a, a video feature with, with Ike for AuburnTigers.com and also for the Talking Tigers podcast. And I asked him about it. I said, you, you don't have recruiting experience. Talk about that challenge. Man, he was, he was right on it. And from everything we gather, he has, he has met it head on and is doing a fantastic job. And he has a tough job with, with this group of wide receivers, molding this group of wide receivers. But they can look at a guy that, look, he's a guy that was an outstanding player at Florida, long playing career in the NFL, and a coaching career in the NFL as well. Andy Birch from the Voice of the Auburn Tigers is here with us on Radio Row. Andy, it's great to see you as always. My pleasure, guys. War Eagle. It's Andy Bertram here on Sports Call. 
Follow us on tweeters. Follow our sports call host, J.J. Jackson, on Twitter by searching at underscore J.J. underscore Jackson underscore. And follow the show on Twitter by searching at Sports Call AU. Hashtag, is that two words? I'm Jeff Whitaker Jr., former Auburn Tigers defensive tackle and national champion, and you are listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back into Sports Call here on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. J.J. Jackson, Ryan LaVoy, Tom Peavy, and we are so honored now to be joined by Auburn Tiger football player John Samuel Shanker joining us here at SEC Media Days in Atlanta. What have you thought about the day so far, It's been awesome. Uh, A lot of stuff going on here. You don't really – you see it on TV, but you don't really get the – the back the back views of it and it's pretty awesome it's been a lot of fun interacting with everybody and i'm excited to be here and i heard that you were surprised at just how many radio stations you could see around here and it's kind of crazy all the folks that are here it's madness back here it's there's so many stations around here it's it's crazy how many people follow follow this station and follow college football i want to point this out to you as well i think you might be the only player that's done any interviews this week that's already married. That is and, true. And Coach Harson was uh, able to highlight that a little bit earlier. Congrats. Thank you. Yeah, I got married two weeks ago. Well, not even. Uh, July 9th, I got married. <laughs> so I have went on my honeymoon. He allowed me to do that. And uh, so this is my first week back, I guess, from my honeymoon. Um, but I guess I'm one of five guys on the team now. Luke Deal, Honors Carlson, Austin Troxel, wow. Alec Jackson. They're all married now. So it's been awesome. It's a great little group, and I'm very happy. Last year, John, you had a, a banner season. You uh, had, had big numbers and had a big impact on the team. Talk about just your development as a player and, and under Coach Harson for the first year. Yeah, it was you know it was kind of a whirlwind, right? It was a lot of new things happening and a new coach, and you're trying to kind of feel what he wants and um, how you can play together. And now that we have a year under our belt and everything was great, um, I mean, personally, obviously our team struggled and that's something we're focusing on right now is getting Auburn back where they need to be. But it was really awesome to to grow, and now in year two you have a lot more confidence. Um, you have a lot more um, camaraderie with Coach Harsh and the coaching staff because Eric Keesaw and Smetting, they were here last year. They just weren't coordinators. So to have that bond as well is pretty neat because, you know, coordinators kind of flow all the time. They change all the time. But now um, to have that and to have that communication and it being really good is is something that um, we were proud of and excited about this season. Now, you mentioned the uh, confidence and the building confidence. Listen, it's no secret people are ranking Auburn down low and everything like that. But in your words and just from what you've seen with these guys, how sneaky dangerous can this team actually be? Well, think all the great, not all, but most of the great Auburn teams, they normally are underdogs, right? They're you have teams, you know, after the 2012 season going 3-9 and you're in a natty, right? So we do take that to our advantage. Yeah. Uh, it's, you know, preseason is has nothing, right? You don't hang banners in the preseason. You hang them in the postseason. And so to have what we have and the experience we have coming back and the leadership that we have and what we've done this offseason and gone through the turmoils and all the good things as well, it's really brought out our team and grown us so much closer together and the culture change and it's been amazing all season we're just excited to get ready to play and we play every game every week one at a time and that's the only way you can play this game in this league especially in the sec 
John, I don't know if you're aware of this because we were not aware of this until earlier this week, but there's actually going to be a new rule this year where if you're not inside the tackle box, you can't cut block. And so um, how will that impact Auburn's tight end room, including yourself, and, and just the way culture ball has been moving? It's it continued to be an emphasis on, on player safety. Yeah, so that one, it won't help us. Uh, it make it harder. <laughs> the blocking may be a little bit more difficult when you're facing Will Anderson and Nolan Smith, but um, we haven't super fo- we haven't focused on that because we haven't had pads on. But that will be a huge emphasis for us is knowing when and we can't cut. Because last year, you know, it was pretty easy. Sometimes you could just, uh, he's in a tough angle. I'm just gonna cut him. But now, you know, he's protecting their knees. I, I totally understand the rule. Um, but it's more just understanding when and we can't do it. Um, and Coach Bedell, our tight end coach, will definitely um, teach us those ways just to make sure that we don't have any stupid penalties and things like that. But it's always changing. There's always rules, and you just got to flow with them. In our presentation that we learned about the rule changes, yourself and Nick Brahms were two of the clips in particular that was like, this is no longer allowed. These <laughs> yeah. were good blocks a year ago, yeah. and now it's a little different. Actually, I think your block was the legal was block. Was the legal block. Oh, okay. And, and because you can, like – you have a part, and again, the coaches will do a much better job explaining it <laughs> yeah. than I will. Uh, but as long as long as you have like a part of you that's in the tackle box, like lined up behind right. the the left tackle, right tackle, what have you. But Nix was the one that was shown as a new illegal block, so Auburn kind of got a little singled out. There. Yeah, well, that was a big thing when we line up. You, we make sure that you're you know your out inside foots on their outside because that gives you eligibility, right? And that's so that's going to be a massive, massive factor this year. Because if you're not, if that umpire or whoever they is sitting there thinks you're not, then it's going to be a penalty, and it could be a massive gain that's coming back just, you know. So there's really – you don't want to leave any room for uncertainty in that situation. Compare the tight end room today in 2022 to when you first arrived on campus. Wow. Um, well, when we first arrived, it was Chandler Cox <laughs> and Jalen Harris, Spencer Nye, Tucker Brown, it was just a lot of different characters, I would say. Now it's more, you have four real actual tight ends. You have Fromm, Deal, Frazier, myself, and then you got Michael Riley, Ducker as well in the back end as a young guy. And so it's just, a, we had tight ends, but we only had, Chandler was like a fullback, right? And he played in the league for a little bit. But now we have four real tight ends that anytime anybody goes down or certain plays we have guys for those situations so it's it's really awesome you just pull any hat out of the bag and it's pretty awesome to to play with those guys we played for so long now that's pretty awesome i on any given play what, what would you prefer doing do you like blocking folks or do you like going out there and snagging passes uh it probably actually depends on the play honestly um i do love running routes and catching the ball right. a lot um but i also love to get dirty a little bit i i enjoy perimeter blocking a little bit um i don't know why but um you know when you get down the trenches sometimes it gets kind of boring you're just beating yourself up all the time but um that that's also fun but i just i think i enjoy the routes probably the best right. you know it's pretty fun Let's wrap with this. Obviously, we're chatting with John Samuel Shanker here on Radio Road SEC Media Day, Sports Call, Tiger 95.9 FM. The Auburn baseball team went to the College World Series this past season. You got to play baseball collegiately for those two years. What was it like to watch those guys? That was awesome. I have some good buddies there at my wedding, Casey Howell, Garrett Farquhar, and Bryson Ware were all in my wedding. And uh, to watch those guys and um, what they were able to do with the addition of Sonny and 
Brooks Carlson and all those guys that came in was really awesome. And that's an awesome accomplishment to go to Omaha. I know they wanted to win it, but just to look back on the season compared to what we had last year is really a huge turnaround. And that's another example of an underdog uh, yeah. in Auburn. And they were predicted, I think, to be last in the West again. And and they were staying there in Omaha. So that's that's just a testament to them and Coach Thompson and his leadership in that team. How difficult was it to be a two-sport athlete? Uh, it was very difficult. Uh, <laughs> it was long, long days. Um, I was dating my wife at the time as well. So the, to say I had no time was an understatement. I, it was awesome. I enjoyed every second of it. But at the same time, like I didn't really get to enjoy it as much as I wanted to because I always had something after. You know, if I played a game in baseball, or if I had homework or like I go see my wife or, you know, stuff like that. Um, so it was always something. And um, so I didn't really get to hone it in and think about it as much as I wanted to. Um, but it was an awesome thing to, to be a part of. Will Anderson and Nolan Smith coming off the edge or Kumar Rocker, Jack Leiter, some of those stud pitchers <laughs> in the SEC standing in the batter's box. What's more challenging? Oof. For me, it's going to be Kumar because I was not as good of a hitter as I am a football player. So I believe I could handle Nolan and um, Will better than I can Kumar because I can control a little bit more in blocking than right. I can a pitch. You know, I have no control of that. And it's 99, you know. So I would probably say uh, Will and Nolan. You had a homer in your career though, right? Uh, In inner squads. Okay. I don't think I had a real <laughs> okay. one. I have one in inner squads, but never in a – I was a BP guy. There you I was go. the intimidator. <laughs> intimidator on the BP. <laughs> Thank you so much for the time. We're looking forward to watching you this football season. Thank you, guys. War Eagle. That's John Samuel Shanker joining us on Sports Call. We need a timeout. Sports Call will be back after this quick break. Let's get back to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Feel free to give us a call at 334-887-3401 or toll free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. All right, closing out our number two of Sports Call here on WTGZ, Tiger 95.9 FM, and on the Tiger Communications app. J.J. Jackson here at SEC Media Day's Radio Row at the College Football Hall of Fame with Brooks Childress and Ryan LaVoy. Our thanks again to all of our great guests that you've gotten to hear from this hour, including Roger McCreary on behalf of Bush's Baked Beans, Andy Bertram, the voice of the Auburn Tigers, and then our good pal John Samuel Shanker, who's getting set for yet another season at that tight end position for Auburn. If you missed any of our interviews throughout today's show or the week, you can find all of that of Available on our Sports Call podcast presented by Coca-Cola. Thanks to everyone who listens to the show after the fact. It means a lot when you take time out of your day to hear what we've got to say here on Auburn's First and Auburn's Favorite Sports Talk Show. All right, it's Auburn Day, but also to close out the festivities this week were the Tennessee Volunteers and the Texas A&M Aggies. Both teams last year went on Tuesday at SEC Media Days, so they kind of flip-flopped. They joined the fun on Thursday with Auburn and uh, Ryan what'd you take away from either of those squads yeah I think uh, it was pretty funny that Jimbo Fisher got asked 
three straight questions to open up the Q&A part of the press conference about Nick Saban and that NIL beef earlier this summer into the spring. But, you know, I think that also what Jimbo talked about with the scheduling was important because we haven't heard many coaches this week give very specifics on what actual model they want. That's something I was really curious to hear about this week was if we could get kind of a running running tally on what coaches, what teams were in favor of the uh, one and seven model or the three and six model. And I really, off the top of my head, I can't recall of anyone until today putting a, a solid stake in, the, in in either one until Jimbo Fisher said he wanted a three and six model. So he wants the nine conference games, he wants the three protected game, and then the obvious follow-up to that was which teams does he want to play. And for Texas A&M, with Texas coming back in the league, that is such an obvious need. If you're going to have the three plus six model, Texas A&M and Texas need to get back to playing every year. And then he also mentioned LSU and kind of the rivalry that has budded between Texas A&M and LSU. You would think it'd be a little bit harder for Texas A&M and for Missouri to find the constant rivals just because of the newer nature to them in this league. But Texas A&M, over these 10 or so years that they've been in the SEC, they've had a lot of big matchups with LSU already. And, and everyone comes to mind that, what was it, eight overtime game, seven or, seven or eight overtime game a few years ago that caused a new overtime rule. It is right. literally the reason we had a rule change in overtime. And so Jimbo Fisher kind of planting the flag of wanting – Texas A&M to play LSU and Texas, and then he kind of mentioned, hey, it would be nice if they played Arkansas, but they might not have control over a third game. So I just appreciated hearing someone actually plant a flag in the camp of uh, one of these two uh, scheduling models, because that is going to be so important. And then from Josh Heupel, uh, was able to read what he had to say. We had some stuff going on at the time, so I wasn't able to, to watch it live. But just reading what Josh Heupel had to say, and I think there's kind of a change in the tone of Hypel this season just because so many of the questions last year were about literally can you function at this university? Can you get Tennessee to be a competent program? Because over the last couple of head coaches, it had had flashes. It had a singular year where it looked okay, but it also had years where it looked in complete turmoil. And a lot of people in the SEC just kind of laughing at the expectation versus reality dynamic of what was going on with the Vols. But we saw last year with Hendon Hooker and their high-powered offense, um, they've got real potential now. They really do. And they could be number two in the East this season, no doubt about it. And so I think that the conversation tone shifted more to, okay, can you function here to, all right, you've now shown a base level here of, okay, you can – do a decent job. Can you get Tennessee back to where it was 20 years ago? And that's a, a welcome conversational tone. Now, we do this all the time with Tennessee. we got to see a real standout year to actually start to have faith that Tennessee is going to be back to the standard that they set 15, 20, 25 years ago. But 
I, I think the pieces are in place for a really good year with Hendon Hooker with the high-powered offense. I, I think they'll be involved in a lot of shootouts. They need to get a little better defensively. But the groundwork is laid there. And so you, you if you're a Tennessee fan, you hope things don't fall apart as they have in the past with several other coaches in place. But I just think it was a, a – a, change in tone that Tennessee uh, welcomes there to try and get some of these really disappointing seasons. I mean, Tennessee has had several years in the last 10 years where they would be preseason ranked top 25, this could be the year, etc., etc., and then it goes uh, haywire very quickly. So, I think it was a, a welcome change for them, and I, I think this was a really quality day of coaches and of programs and I, I was impressed with what I heard, certainly from Jimbo and the scheduling model, and then again with uh, with Josh Heupel and just trying to get to work on continuing to change the narrative over the last decade or so with Tennessee football. It was fun. It was a fun day, a fun week to see all these different coaches and their personalities uh, on center stage. And then, of course, they made their rotations throughout the rest of uh, the chaos that as that is the SEC Media Day festivities. And Jimbo Fisher, man, he could talk a lot, and he's very energetic at times and uh, really captivating when you give that man a platform to kind of address the sort of the uh, issues in the sport and that his pro program is facing. Texas A&M did not have the best of news this week as Anaya Smith, one of their top players, was expected to be from College Station on that plane with the Aggies to Atlanta to represent them in SEC Media Days. He got charged with DWI and has been suspended from the team, so he was not here today. And a question was kind of broached on the subject, but no specifics from Jimbo Fisher at all. And uh, to, to be fair, I mean, this happened 24 hours ago as of the time of the press conference, so I don't think all the information would be even given to him. I think it's the most believable response when you do say we need the, all the information, which is usually the, the prototypical answer there. But, yeah, that's certainly a guy that was be, would be in the running for first-team All-SEC wide receiver. I don't know if the votes would be impacted at all. Uh, because of that news, because of the fact that he might get suspended for a couple of games, probably not too much, but but nevertheless, a suspension could be incoming from game action. So, you know, I, I think with Texas A&M and, and Jimbo Fisher, yeah, it's always interesting to hear him link with Nick Saban. It's always interesting to hear him talk. He literally got asked how he talks so fast. <laughs> he said, well, yeah. I'm a reporter's dream. I get all the information out quicker to you guys. So uh, there was some lightheartedness. There was a little bit of everything in the Jimbo Fisher press conference as there always is those uh nick saban questions to let you know here at sec media days we're 79 days away from alabama and texas a&m you better believe that the college football world is counting down the days until that game all right the second hour of sports call is done ryan lavoy brooks childress i'm jj jackson two hours in the books and we're rolling hours of sports call are finished don't touch that radio dial we've got one more hour to go whether you're leaving work cruising around town or listening on demand we've still got some fun left for you to be part of the show give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9 
Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show has been on the air since 1995 and is ready for 60 more minutes of fun. Now, let's get this hour of Sports Call started. Sports Call getting started today on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. J.J. Jackson here at SCC Media Days Radio Row at the College Football Hall of Fame with my good buddies Brooks Childress and Ryan Lavoy. It's Auburn Day. A lot of Auburn Tigers were in the building here today. You've already heard from John Samuel Shanker on the program. We get the chance to catch up with Derek Hall and take Bigsby, Coach Harson this hour. And uh, look, Harson stole the headlines nationally with his composure, what he had to say at the podium uh, earlier today, quieting all of the noise and rumors that were out there in February, the coup attempt that took place and uh, singled out some media members, not specifically, but just made the quote that, hey, some of you didn't think I'd be here. And here I am. I think it fired up the passionate Auburn fans to know that that is your head football coach. We walked away feeling that way. We're thrilled that you get to hear our conversation with Coach Arson a little bit later in the hour. But uh, let me just open up this third hour with this, guys. War damn eagle, boys. Like, war eagle. It's Auburn Day here at SEC media days yeah i think everyone is excited about what brian harson ultimately did say uh, i think it's getting well reviewed in the national media as you alluded to jj and i you know I, I think the only thing left to do here is play football and that's another one of what brian harson had to say i mean we're focusing here on the you know acknowledgement of the inquiry back in february but most of what he said had nothing to do with that it was a a short Here's what I here's me talking about it. It's here's what happened. It was not a good thing, or it, it was a good thing for our team bonding. But now we're looking forward, and when you look forward, he he did have questions asked to him about what his recruiting message is, and you know I I thought it was an interesting answer. It was just watch, watch how we play the game, and uh, he talked about the. Obviously, validity to Jordan-Hare Stadium being one of the toughest places to play in the country. And, look, it's still one on the field. I think the message he was trying to get across was no matter how we recruit, whether we recruit in the top ten, whether it's a little bit of a disappointing class, the development process still important. Playing it on the field still is the end goal. And so I think that's all well and good. I think everyone acknowledges that there will have to be some more recruiting done here. I mean, that you can't have a class the way it is with only four or five guys in the fold. They're quality guys, sure, but you need 15, 20 more guys. I mean, just period. And so uh, there's obviously work to be done there. But I think Brian Harson is, is very focused on the development process. He had to develop some attitudes and some beliefs this past season. He's got a get the guys who I think played very hard last season, although they made some critical mistakes down the stretch. It was not effort-related mistakes. And, and so he's established that part of his will into the program. And so further development is needed, development at the quarterback position, at the wide receiver position. We've talked a little bit about Ike Hilliard this week and how important he's going to be. Auburn's had a string of wide receiver coaches that have been quality recruiters but have 
lacked that quality in developing. And and so now there's a guy in Ike Hilliard who, as Brian Harson said, has, has achieved and been amongst everything that these guys want to do. Ike Hilliard was an incredibly successful college wide receiver at the University of Florida. He played, he played in the NFL for several years with the New York Giants, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and, and had a quality NFL career. And so everything these guys want to accomplish, Ike Hilliard has been there and done that. There's always something to that, the experience of having had such a successful career both in, in college and in the NFL. So I, I'm very high on Ike Hilliard. I think everyone we've talked to is very high on Ike Hilliard, and, and that's another important ingredient to this puzzle because we get so hung up on the quarterbacks, but there's still got to be someone that's open to throw to and someone that can come down with the football. And I think back to a day or two ago with Mark Stoops in Kentucky, someone asked Stoops if he was worried about his wide receivers because Will Levis is thought to be one of the best quarterbacks in the SEC coming into this year. And he flat out said, yeah, I'm worried about the wide receivers. We've got some work to do there because you got a really good quarterback, but you don't have receivers that are well-known and, and have big-time experience. So, yeah, I think that's a, that's a two-parter for Auburn. Auburn's going to try and run the ball, and we anticipate they're going to run and block better this year, and that Tank Bigsby is going to have a good year. But ultimately, for Auburn to win some of these close games, convert these close third downs, they're going to have to get something out of the passing game. You can't be one-dimensional in this day and age. And, and for Auburn, I, I think that combination of Ike Hilliard coaching the wide receivers, the toughness and grit that Zach Calzada has, and, and the great things Jimbo Fisher said about Zach Calzada today, uh, I, I think Auburn is is in the process of what they hope will be the remedy to a problem that, that was very prevalent last year on offense and uh, needs some work. But, but again, I, I think the, the biggest thing here, going back to something earlier, the, the can-do mentality. Brian Harson knows it's a lot of work. That's fine with him. He's willing to work hard to build this program. I think we're going to be fired up and thrilled once football season actually gets here and we can start to uh, formulate our own opinions. I know some of the loyal Auburn football fans out there are going to probably be, likely be disappointed with where this team is projected to finish in the grand scheme of things in the SEC. But... With that being said, I think there's still plenty of reason to be optimistic about what this team can accomplish. I think they're going to embrace having that chip on their shoulder because in a lot of ways, as they've said, not many people expected Coach Harson to get out of what he went through this offseason. And here we are getting set for a year. It's the second year of this guy being the head coach, and that's what gets so frustrating as a fan sometimes. Sure, and I think it's important to remember no matter where Auburn comes out in the poll tomorrow, which I believe will be seventh, it is not an indicator of what is possible. This is not a down-in-the-dump seventh. A down-in-the-dump seventh is Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt's going to be seventh in the East unless something miraculous happens. And if something miraculous happens to Vanderbilt, congrats on sixth. Like It's not going to be this, this great climb to the top <laughs> if Vanderbilt somehow is not last. But if Auburn, Auburn has a ceiling that's much grander than the typical seventh-place team. And so I want people are probably going to get upset about that. They're going to say Auburn is way too talented to be seventh. And you know what? You're right. They are not the talent of a typical seventh place in a division team. The reality is that quarterback and wide receiver question mark. And just can you 
throw the football in any capacity, given that the run game was ultimately a little disappointing last year. Tank Bigsby's still really good, and, and we, I, I think we all think that Jarquez Hunter is going to be a, a quality back during his entire Auburn tenure. He had a, a big breakout game early in the season against LSU, and so I, I think the ingredients are there. It's just so many questions about that passing game for Auburn and losing some NFL guys on defense are, are just going to put Auburn down in the bottom of the pack. But again, the ceiling is there. This is not a hopeless seventh-place preseason prediction. Uh, we, we, the theme of the week has also been, I think I've asked this to a numerous guests that we've had, the gap between second and seventh in the West is very small. And even smaller, if you, if you are of the opinion A&M is second because of their talent, the gap between third through seventh is minuscule. And so there's a lot of different scenarios there, especially three through seven, where I think you could just throw it, throw darts at a dartboard and find your three through seven and be just about as happy as anybody with it. So, again, I, I want to stress that we, we, the combination of we know that Auburn is usually good as the underdog, we know that the ceiling is still there, and we know that the teams around Auburn just ahead of them in the, pro, in the projections are not perfect teams, and they're teams that are just a little bit better uh, than Auburn for whatever reason in the minds of the voters. And so Auburn's got the real potential here to far out-succeed uh, their, their expectations. So excited to be here at SEC Media Days because it means Auburn football is right around the corner. J.J. Jackson with Ryan LaVoy and Brooks Childress. And even more so excited because coming up after this commercial break, Derek Hall, Tank Bixby, both of those guys are going to be stars on this Auburn football team. They join the sports call set back in just a moment here on WTGZ, Tiger 95.9 FM. J.J. Jackson and the guys want to hear from you. Give them a call to join Sports Call at 334-887-3401. I'm Brian Harson, head football coach of the Auburn Tigers, and you're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back into Sports Call here on Tiger 95.9 FM in Auburn. J.J. Jackson with Brooks Childress and Tom Peavy and now joined by Auburn football player Derek Hall here on the show today. Derek, how are you, man? I'm doing great, man. Appreciate y'all for having me. Absolutely. What's today been like for you? It's been a great experience. Uh, just being able to be here, uh, get selected by Coach Harson to come represent this university here and just have the opportunity to meet new people, uh, make relationships, you know, that are possible to have a lifetime. And uh, just being here, man, I'm, I'm blessed to be in this position, and uh, it's, it's been great. In years past, were you always aware when Media Days festivities were going on? Like, did the guys that would get to go to Media Days, were you aware of all that taking place, or was that kind of something that you didn't really know of? Well, no, I mean, I, I was aware of it. I mean, I didn't know who picked, to be right. honest, but, I mean, I was always aware. I mean, coaches, I mean, Owen and Bo went last year, so uh, just seeing them go and seeing them do well, you know, I was happy for him, and now it's my time, and I'm, I'm blessed to be here. So, I mean, I've always been in the loop, and I'll, I've always watched Media Days ever since I was young. Uh, anything to do that, that pertain to football, I was always watching it. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm blessed to be here. How much thought did you put into your suit today? 
Not much, actually. Um, <laughs> really? Yes. Yeah, so it looks good. It looks great. Yeah, I had this jacket last year. Uh, so I'm big on suits. Like everybody else, spend their money on like, you know, Vinci and like stuff like that. And they're like, bro, you going about? I like if y'all pay attention, I'll have a new suit every single game. Nothing will be the same. And they're like, oh, you going to spend money on this and this and this? I'm like, well, you spend your money on this. I like looking good. I can wear these suits forever. You can't wear those clothes forever. So, uh, yeah, man, but. I love it. I, lo- I love looking nice. There's so much talk about this program and obviously the events that took place in the offseason in Auburn or pro Auburn 365 days a year. But to hear all of that outside noise, everyone's talking about how much closer together the team became because of oh, yeah. that. Why did that happen? Um, I just think the the opportunity that we saw in front of us um, and, and the, the biggest thing about that was Coach Harsha having his job one day and it being – on the, the hot seat next day and, you know, not knowing if we're going to have our head coach or not. So that showed us a lot in the aspect of anything could be taken away at any moment, so don't take it for granted. And I think guys honed into that, um, just the opportunity uh, to be able to play at Auburn University. I mean, it's a prestige blue-collar university with a great football program, great academics. So um, I think guys realize, okay, like, you know, we, we have to go because this won't last forever, but also just being there to support our coach. I mean, we went to talk to the president, we went to talk to the – the board and um you know they they heard us out and you know we're glad coach Hart is still here with us and uh we have the opportunity to be our head coach and it definitely brought us a lot closer uh with that hey, talking about the team getting closer together uh i asked john the same thing you know there's no secret that people are, are ranking auburn pretty low right do you, do you guys use that as motivation is, is that something that y'all use as a motivation factor to you know or is that something y'all just don't even look at i mean me personally, I don't pertain to the media as much, and we never talk about it in our locker room. But okay. I'm pretty sure it's in the back of everyone's head. Everyone knows that Auburn's projected to not be that great this year, and you know nobody really likes Auburn. And I'm pretty sure y'all know that. And I mean, around the college football world, Auburn's hard to get along with, and that's okay. I mean, we like that. I mean, <laughs> we like the disadvantage, and um, you know, we love this university, and this university gives a lot to our program. We're going to give a lot back. So I mean, it definitely has fueled our fire. And, and kind of sticking with that, you know you, you, know you, you know the guys around you mm-hmm. on both sides of the ball. You right. know that locker room. How dangerous is this team? Very. And I think people don't realize that. And uh, I don't want to speak too much on it because, I mean, sure. we'll have the fall to show that. But um, just the opportunity and the, and, and the work that we put in. I mean, I know the work that we're putting in as a team. And this team is going to be very dangerous, whether that be from the back end to the front end on defense, from the front end to the receiver to the quarterback on offense. I mean, we're, we are cohesively moving in the right direction. This is the best feeling that I've had about Auburn in a long time. And, and everybody knows, y'all know Auburn is infectious. Basketball play well, no. baseball play well, and it's going to carry right around the football. It is our turn. We saw, as uh, we're talking with Jared Call here on Radio Row at SEC Media Days, earlier we chatted with John Samuel Shanker about the fact that he was a two-sport star for the Tigers, getting to play baseball and then mm-hmm. football. We saw you on the diamond as well, hyping up the <laughs> Auburn baseball team going to the College World Series with Dylan Cardwell. Oh, yeah. Did you play baseball growing up? No, I did not. I played, <laughs> I played football. You looked like a natural. I played football, basketball, and track, but they edited that video. Trust me. I, I mean, I threw it. I threw it over the plate. I mean, that was the only thing they told me to do. But uh, just having an opportunity, you know, to collab with basketball and, you know, we're going to start doing more collaborations with them and, uh, you know, putting everything together. But, I mean, just having an opportunity to do that and support our baseball team uh, was huge. And, I mean, Dylan, it took took a thousand times to hit it, but, man, all in all, it was fun. <laughs> uh, we had a great day, and it was 
it was good to do, but I know baseball isn't for me. <laughs> what What's your basketball game like? Oh, man, I'm pretty good. I think I'm pretty good. Uh, you know, um, having the opportunity to play basketball. I had uh, some college offers from, like, Southern Miss, South Alabama. Look at you. Southeastern Louisiana. So, I mean, I had some D1s. It wasn't nothing major like this, but right. like, I, like I had for football. But I did have a few, and, uh, yeah, man, I mean, basketball. So, we're ranking Auburn football players on the basketball team. You're one of the top picks then is what you're saying. Everybody don't think I am because I've only played one time, but uh, – I believe so. I mean, <laughs> Simp and TJ and Donovan Kaufman, all those guys think they could hoop, but they really ain't seen hooping for real. I told them I'm going to give them some before I go. So Derek, we'll it's, see. it's great to see you. Best of luck this season. Congrats on all your success, and thanks for joining us. Yes, sir. Thank you all. Where are you going? Derek Hall joining us on Sports Call. Welcome back into Sports Call here on Tiger 95.9 FM. JJ Jackson, Tom PV, Brooks Childress, and so thrilled and honored to be joined by the man, the Auburn running back, Tank Bigsby, here with us on today's show. Tank, what's going on, man? How are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Very well. Thank you for asking. Yes, this sir. is a fun event, SEC Media Days at the College Football Hall of Fame. How's the day been for you? It's been great. It's been fantastic. What does it mean that uh, here we are at this event, you see all the great history and tradition of college football, and to know that you're out there on Saturdays trying to be a part of it? Uh, it's, it's great to be in this just to see it's uh, motivating, you know, just to come in and look at the things and the people that came before me, you know what I'm saying? Just make me put a bigger chip on my shoulder and let, let me know I have more things to do in the compass. How, pr- how much pride do you take into the fact that, that you're remaining committed to Auburn, that you are the Auburn running back? I know there was a lot of outside noise about whether or not Tank Bigsby was going to stay or go, and here you are getting set to play your third season for Auburn. How much pride do you have in being an Auburn Tiger? I have a lot of pride, and I, uh, I really believe orange and blue. When I walk out, I believe orange and blue. Like, orange and blue is different, you know. I really believe that, and I really believe, like, a lot of people don't mess with Auburn because they're not – Auburn men they don't and it's, you have to be a kind of man and a kind of person to be Auburn and um, I really believe that talking with Tank Bigsby here on Sports Call at SEC Media Days Radio Row and looking at this upcoming season the offense is likely going to feature you a lot this upcoming season what kind of expectations do you have for the year on the offensive side of the ball do bring the best me every time I can every time I touch the field bring the best version of Tank Big every time was the 2021 version of Tank Bigsby better because Jarquez Hunter was behind him and you saw a young freshman really emerging onto the scene? I mean, that's only got to make you better knowing, okay, I got to put some work in because mm-hmm. there are some really good dudes behind me. Yes, sir. Oh, it's, just, it's just competitiveness. You know what I'm saying? You see a guy break 20 yards, you want to break 40. That's just, that just how it goes. And I feel like that's why um, Coach Cadillac and Ronnie had success because they not only worked hard, but they worked together and um, – when he broke one, I'm sure Coach wanted to break one. When Coach broke one, I'm sure Ronnie wanted to break one. That's just how it's going now. Like, when I break one, I'm sure they want to break one. You know, even with DeMar, the, the freshman that just got in, he, he he's going to be great for Auburn, too. You know what I'm saying? We've always been known for running the ball. How close are you and Jarquez off the field? We're real close. You know, but that's my man. Uh, we hang out. You know, that's my man. Uh, talking about your game in particular a little bit, we know you can do both. We've seen you do both. When you get the ball in your hand, would you rather be trucking over somebody or would you rather break their ankles? See, what people don't know, they got me labeled as a power back. I'm really finesse. I can finesse, <laughs> but, you know what I'm saying, I just do what I got to do to get the job done at the moment. You know what I'm saying? If I don't got enough room to push them off his toes, I'm going to just put my foot on them or run them over or something like that. You know what I mean? But Wait, When y'all sitting in the film room and y'all are watching stuff, what gets the biggest ooze out of people is when you run somebody over or when you make them fall down and make them look juke. stupid? 
when you juke that that gets them. So, so then you like juking? Yeah, I like juke, but I re- I will right thing. You Tank, what's the biggest thing that uh, Coach Cadillac has taught you since your time at Auburn? You know, just the little things. He taught me that, you know what I'm saying, if you take the proper footwork, if you're on the proper aiming track, 90% of the time, if you're doing that right, you're going to have good results on your run. So just the little things and the big things that handle themselves. And when the coaching staff came to you and said that you're going to represent Auburn in SEC Media Days this year, what was that like? I mean, it was an opportunity, you know. I took it, you know what I mean? And uh, it's a great opportunity, you know what I mean? I look at stuff like this as an opportunity and a blessing from God, you know what I mean? Because I wouldn't be here without God. So just thank him, you know. I thank him for this opportunity because people get to know me more and know who I am, you know what I mean? And I also hear about this wonderful team that we have this year. So it's, it's, it's great. It's a blessing. And Tank, I'm just glad you just said team right there. You just mentioned the team. Kind of going back to what we talked about earlier, there's all, there's all this noise going on. You've heard it. You've, I mean, it's, it's all this stuff. But, I, but I've heard that, like, you guys have, like, really pulled together. Yes, sir. And, and can you talk about that, like, how strong this team has pulled together as a team, like you just said? Yes, sir. So this team, man, it's unbelievable. Like, the jump we done made from last year's team and this year, like, it's unbelievable. And – Change is the hard. I really believe change the hardest thing to do. Right. And the way we did it, it it's unbelievable. Like we we work, everybody on time, everybody doing what they're supposed to do, everybody handling their job, not worry about my job or worry about his job. They're handling their job, and everybody's clicking. We don't have different groups. Like guys, when one, it's a team. And right. That's the difference on this team. Like and. and- you know, obviously, everybody knows. You know, people in the media picking y'all, you yeah. know, down low or whatever. But how dangerous is this team? Like when you just get everybody together, you know, you, you know, your guys on both sides of the ball. How, how dangerous are y'all this year? We, 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 we can be electrifying, and I mean electrifying where we can win it all. Because, and I'm not just saying this because I'm a hard man. Like last year, I was saying we can win it all. But I knew we couldn't because everybody wasn't there physically right. and mentally. But this year, it's the energy I feel, and I'm going to keep hitting on it. And it's that energy where you know something good for that. So much to talk about with the quarterback room and Zach Calzada and TJ Finley going into the year. I don't want to focus on that. I want to talk about the wide receivers because there's a lot of unknowns in that room. Cedric Jackson, the most known guy in that bunch. Who are the other wide receivers that folks need to be aware of this season? Coy Moore, DeZalen, all those guys. Those guys are going to come ready to play. Chick, uh, we got Javaris Johnson. We got those guys that's, that's going to be ready to play. Tell me about Xavier Capers, who's been there a few years. He and Kobe Hudson were shining as freshmen, more so Kobe, a season ago. But Capers coming back for another year in the program, too. Xavier Capers, he's he's the real deal. Xavier Capers is the real deal. And that's all, that's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> Malcolm Johnson, Jr., we hear a lot about his speed, too. How fast is that guy? He's fast. He's real fast. He's going to take it over the top. He's, we got a good receiver group this year. Let me wrap with this. Obviously, from LaGrange, Georgia, not only are we heard in Auburn, but the folks in LaGrange, Georgia are listening to the show as well. How much pride do you have in, in being from LaGrange and knowing that every single time you're introduced, it's Tank Bigsby from LaGrange, Georgia? Like, that's always a part of that. What's that like? Well, I was born up here, but I'm, I, uh, I, got re- I started 
we moved to Lagrange and my mother got married uh -huh. and I started playing ball down there, I got raised down there. So, you know, just being able to carry myself in manable ways, knowing people looking at me, knowing people listening, and they, you know, they can grow from me, you know what I mean? It mean a lot for me to just keep going, you know what I mean? Just just for a, a, a kid that was my age one day can see that it's possible, you know what I mean? You still keep in touch with your folks at Callaway? Yes, sir. I still talk to Coach Wiggins and my uh, running back coach. He ain't there no more, though. You, you're picking Callaway to win it every year, though? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tank, thanks for the time today. It's great to see you. Thank you. That's Tank Bigsby joining us on Sports Call. Sports Call has been on the air since 1995. This is Jake Crane, host of The J-Boy Show, and you are listening to the Abbey Award-winning Sports Call. Welcome back into Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM, your flagship radio home for Auburn Tigers football. And now we're so honored to be joined by the Tigers football head coach, Brian Harson here on the show today. Coach, grateful for the time. How excited are you going into this upcoming year of football? Yeah, uh, the most I've ever been, really. And, and it's because of the, the players on this team, the coaching staff, just the work that I get to see every single day. I mean, it's, uh, it's been enjoyable to be around and and that's what's exciting so you know one of the things of, of why i got into into coaching when i got done playing i always wanted to be a part of a team i didn't figure by myself i'd be very good and you know it's that camaraderie and it, it's that uh fighting for someone else right playing for something bigger than yourself and i feel that on this team and so those are all the corny things that people don't talk about but that's the stuff that really matters when it comes down to it and i feel that from the players and the, and the coaches on this in this program and and so I'm excited about that, looking forward to getting out there and competing with these guys. With one year in the books of SEC play, did anything surprise you about uh, going through the SEC schedule, whether it be uh, some stadium atmospheres or, or the talent level, just anything that surprised you, both good or bad? All oh, these guys are fast. <laughs> yeah, the game is fast. You know, on the sideline there, I mean, it's, uh, these are the best players in the country uh, every game we play in the SEC. And, and so are ours. You know, that's the beauty of it. And so when you get a chance to get on there, get out there and play somebody and to watch your guys compete and to compete against, you know, really good opponents, uh, the game is fast. But the environments, they're fantastic. They're packed. People love football. I mean, it, it is a, it's a lifestyle. It's a way of life in the SEC, which is exactly what you want to be a part of. Um, and then, you know, really just dealing with everything else outside of what you're actually doing all right, in your program and on the football field. You just got to be able to handle that. And I think that's a great test for everybody in the SEC, you know, all programs to be able to handle the, the noise. You know, we, we've all heard the rat poison. Well, all those things. You got to be able to handle that stuff because it's there and that's okay. But you as, a, as an individual in, on that team, and in our program in particular, um, we got to focus on the things that matter most to us and, and what are going to get us where we want to go, which is the present and the future. I mean, that's really been the message since January is just team want to know and focus on right now, focus on where we want to go. And I think our guys have done a great job with that. 
I want to go and ask about your go-to picture pose, Coach, because the finger has become just something that the fan base absolutely loves. Are you aware of how much people enjoy looking at the, the finger pose, what at they the, call the recruiting yeah, finger? Yeah, Are you yeah. aware of that? Yeah, giving them the finger, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, no, I, I don't really pay too much attention to that. It's just, uh, you know, it's kind of part of, of what I've done. And, um, you know, it, 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 look. Whoever that person is, right, it's about them. Yeah. All right, hey, it's about you is what that, what that comes down to. I want to end with this. Last year we were in the same spot chatting with you, and someone you were highlighting was Trevon Reed, who at the time was a co-host on our radio show yeah. and is now part of your staff. Man of many talents. What's, what's it been like working with him for this year? He's awesome. You know, he's got so much energy. He loves football. He's obviously doing the recruiting piece. Um, but nobody loves Auburn more than Trevon. And you know what? He does a great job with our players. He checks up on our guys and gives me, you know, information that, hey, if somebody needs something, I mean, that's really, you don't get to, you don't get to get to everybody's needs right. as a head coach. So you have people on your staff that can help you with that. And he does a phenomenal job, but uh, awesome, great energy, always positive, always helping our players. Um, you know, he's one of those guys now. He was a phenomenal, you know, First of all, best recruit out of Louisiana, right? Phenomenal player, all these things. But yet, through the game of football, like it always does, right? I mean, there's a lot of, you're humble. There's humility, and, and you learn a lot. He's been so successful, and all he wants to do is help other guys achieve those same things. So I see him pour into our players as much as I've ever seen anybody do do that. So uh, love him, proud he's on our staff, and just glad that uh, – you know, he's doing all the things he's doing now. So much fun watching what he's been able to do. We have no football playing experience ourselves. So to see someone that was one of us yeah. now out there doing that's pretty awesome. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's and that's really what it's all about, right? Because, hey, the game's going to end for everybody. Right. You don't go pick up and play a game of football in the park in pads and shoulder pads, you know, shoulder pads and helmets. So, you know, it's over. But now that knowledge, he gets to share that. And, uh, you know, Zach Etheridge calls it free game. Yeah. There's a lot of free game in our building, all right, that those guys share every day. And if our kids are paying attention, it's professional development every single day. You're going to get so much out of what our guys provide to our players. Thanks for the time today, Coach. War Eagle. Yeah, War Eagle. Thank you. It's Brian Harson joining us here on Sports Call. May we have your attention, please? Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? We're Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Hi, my name is... My name is... My name is... Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. I'm Sammy Coates, former Auburn football player and all-SEC wide receiver, and you're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. minutes of sports call here on this Thursday SEC media days day four it's been Auburn day what an amazing show it's been with all of the great guests for the first time in our show's history we were able to get all three Auburn football players and head football coach Brian Harson, and it puts a bow on the week here in Atlanta Ryan and Brooks what you think of our week's festivities yeah no it was a great time and I think it was a lot of what we expected this week just to summarize it all uh, nothing earth-shattering, uh, but still just good to check in with, with all the head coaches of the league 
and to just hear their thoughts on these major issues. I, I'm sure the local beat writers at all these places have heard them before or will hear them again soon. But it's just good for everyone to kind of get like a running tally of where everyone is at on these critical issues facing college football that we talk about in Auburn all the time. And so I appreciate the perspective that everyone had, both uh, coaches at the top of this league, which puts them in the top of the country, and coaches at the bottom of this league fighting to remain relevant in the Power 5 structure. So I I appreciated hearing all of that and and sitting down with a lot of great guests like we had on today's show. And, uh, yeah, I thought it was a good time, and it was great to be with you guys as well. We've been doing this for a while now. Uh, I feel like we've uh, kind of got this down to somewhat of a science and uh, and really enjoy the week with you guys. Yeah, it's a great week as always. Uh, really excited to be back in Atlanta this year. We you know we, we had Atlanta the first year we were uh, with SEC Media Days. Then we had two, three years, whatever it is, with in Birmingham. So we got the traditional taste and then came back to Atlanta. A little bit of a different setup than last time. So I was really, really excited to get back up here and it lived up to the booking. I mean, we uh, we had a great time up here. A lot of great things were said. Not a lot was said uh, in the grand scheme of things. Not a lot of earth-shattering news being made this week. But, you know, uh, a lot of a lot of great interviews we've had this week. Uh, a lot of great people we've talked to. A lot of great new people we've met up here and uh, made some more connections around the media world. And hopefully we can use those to our advantage to make the show program a lot better in the coming uh, year of Sports Call. And, I'll tell you what, it, it makes me ready for football, but we still got, you know, over got a month a away until that uh, that first SEC game where Vanderbilt kicks off in Hawaii on that week zero. That's the first taste of SEC football we're going to get uh, this year. And so can't wait for that. And, of course, obviously can't wait for the Auburn Tigers to kick things off uh, after the first of September. That's right. We learned today Brian Harson saying that Auburn players would report on August 4th. They will start practice on August 5th. So we're getting closer to it, but still a ways to go until football is back inside Jordan-Hare Stadium. Auburn will have five straight home games to open up their 2022 season. We've got a big list of thank yous to throw out this week for being able to have Sports Call here on the road in Atlanta. And I first want to start uh, by thanking all of the Auburn SIDs, that staff headed by Kirk Sampson and Shelly Poe for coordinating time with us today for all the Auburn folks out there and then plenty of SIDs and PR reps throughout the week, Brooks, that uh, they've got tough tasks to set up interview times and to stay on schedule. And so we're grateful for all of and, that. And especially this year because, you know, we talked to several of the uh, SEC Network uh uh, PR people that kind of got around the SEC network and ESPN talent and they were telling us that this is uh, more radio stations that they've seen here than, than ever. I think it's what, 30-something stations? 36. 36 shows uh, originated from the College Football Hall of Fame this week and there's that like we, we have been doing it for a few years now. We've never seen that many. They've been doing it longer than we have. They've never seen that many and so uh, this event continues to grow and continues to grow and uh, kudos to Greg Sankey and the SEC for continuing to market this event and having it grow so big that uh, it, it it makes it makes our jobs a lot easier when you know you you get so many people that are working behind the scenes and coordinating all these interviews rather than us having to run around with our heads cut off uh, like our heads cut off uh, and trying to 
track down people for interviews all the time. The list of thank yous continues to those also here on Radio Row from other stations. You might view them as competition, but we have enjoyed getting a chance to interact with others and uh, not necessarily in the Alabama market, but folks from Louisiana or Texas or Arkansas or just places that aren't close to Auburn, Alabama, quite frankly, that you're able to see how they operate their shows. They've got different teams they cover in their markets in the SEC, and we've had great bonding experiences with them. Big, big, big thank you to our guys, Brant Daughtry and Cam Berry, back inside our studios this week to make sure that we stayed on the air, answered some phone calls, programmed some interviews for us to air a little bit later, uh, and then great our management staff and, and sales efforts to get us here and to be live and local from SEC Media Days here in Atlanta. Uh, Ryan, and certainly we get the, the praise or the, the pub, I should say, uh, because we're the voices that are heard, but there's a lot of work that goes on behind the scenes. Absolutely, and uh, it takes a lot of people to run uh, our show. It takes a lot of people to run this event. There's uh, tireless work to set up the power supplies. I mean, everything down to the power supplies, and um, you know, obviously we spoke to the commissioner, but you know, Commissioner Sankey gets his own pub from, you know, making the new schedule at some point here in the future and admitting new members to the conference. But there's also a lot of little things that uh, he talked about in his interview today, such as, you know, just planning out a schedule to make sure every, he sees every single team, uh, planning out his responses to all the prospective questions this week, because of which there are plenty. So there's a lot going on and all the time. And uh, it is a lot of work for a lot of people. It's obviously fun at the end of the day, too, but it wouldn't be that fun wouldn't be possible without people working really hard behind the scenes. What a fun week it's been here in Atlanta at the College Football Hall of Fame, SEC Media Days, and Sports Call Auburn has been here every single step of the way. That's going to wrap up today's edition of Sports Call. We are, in fact, back on the air tomorrow in studio at 3 o'clock Central Time. We're headed home, I-85. Here we come. We're heading back to the loveliest village on the Plains. Our thanks again today to Greg Sankey, Michael Thompson Jr., Roger McCreary, Andy Burcham, John Samuel Shanker, Derek Hall, Tank Bigsby, and Coach Brian Harson for joining us on the program today. Ryan Brooks, thank you guys for being my colleagues. Thanks to our guy Tom Peavy, who was here with us this week as well. Thanks for being here, guys. It's been a blast, and uh, it wraps up another week for the three of us at SEC Media Days. Absolutely, and can't wait for another great football season with you guys. Enjoyed it a lot. Enjoyed every second of it, and uh, hopefully there'll be more down the line. We'll do it in Nashville in 2023. You could bet on that. All right, that does it for today's show. For my good pounds, Ryan LaVoy and Brooks Childress, my name is J.J. Jackson. Thank you, and good day.